Oh, hey, Jeb, how's it going? Ah! Hey, what's up, man? <laughs> You're acting like I materialized out of thin air. I have no idea where the fuck you came from, dude. Oh, I've been sitting here the whole time. We oh, to, fuck. We had to set up for the podcast and everything. How did you not notice? Uh, dude, I, I just, I don't, I don't think you're a ghost today. I feel like you're really inattentive. Me? Yeah. No. You have short-term memory loss no. of Drew Barrymore in 51st States. Yeah, the exact same. We've had just as many on the Get and Show show. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, speaking of date movies, yeah, oh, we've, no. we've been watching the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Yeah, same series. energy, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, I was under the impression <laughs> that there were eight films in this series, uh, but there are nine. Oh, fuck. If you count the porn parody. Oh, no, there's a porn parody? There's a porn parody. Uh, came out in... 2008. Is it the Texas Chainsaw Orgy? Give, give me a guess on that title there, bud. It's not that. It's okay, not that. Um, I'll give you a hint. You gotta replace the word chainsaw. Oh. Um, with another object. Hmm. And it's a porno. So these are your guesses. Is it the Texas Pussy Massacre? <laughs> wow, Josby thinks pussy is an object. Fucking misogynist. It's 2000 and the 19, and it's the current year. <laughs> yeah, but that just sounds really funny. Texas Pussy Massacre? Yeah. I guess that's what most of these movies end up being. Aww. Sad. Aww. Horror tropes. Aww. Yeah. All right, so it's the Texas Vibrator Massacre. You were close. What the fuck? Um, now, this has a... Uh, it has a plot summary on Wikipedia, and we're going to read it together. <laughs> yeah, we are, dude. That way we can feel like we experienced the film and watched it without having uh, watched it, and we'll rank it with the other Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. <laughs> My money is it's still better than three. So here we go. <laughs> guess what the plot is, Justin. Do you want to hazard a guess? Let's see. You have a bunch of a bunch of girls, right? And then they Well that's obvious. It yeah. starts off much the same way the Texas Chainsaw Massacre does. Where they're going down the road and they they find the house, whatever, or maybe they mm -hmm. get the 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 hitchhiker in the car, who knows? But they get to the house and then uh they encounter Leatherface and he fucks them. <laughs> oh, it is a porno, so gotta be some fucking right. one assumes. Yeah, was that right? I think you're pretty much right. Oh, here you go. Let's read along with the class. <laughs> Fuck! All right. Settle down, students. Listen to the teacher now. While traveling through Texas, in the vicinity of where several bodies have been uncovered, five friends become lost with their van running low on gas. Literally the same so far. Yeah, absolutely. When one of the group, Christine, goes out to urinate, two of the others pass the time by having sex in the back of the vehicle. So this is the intro sex scene, which most pornos tend to have. Yeah. At least the like the parody vehicle ones. They always gotta have like a initial quick normal sex scene before the weirdo ones later. <laughs> yeah, especially in this kind of movie, I assume, because I assume this one will get fucked up in a minute. After Christine returns, the quintet pick up a hitchhiker in the hope that he will give them directions. But once inside the van, the man attacks them with a knife, stabbing two members of the group to death while the others flee. So far, he's more effective than the hitchhiker from the first one. Yeah, film. he is. Okay. <laughs> Vanessa reaches a farmhouse, but while searching for aid, she is captured by Leatherface, 
who ties her to a chair and gags her. Uh, Brent and Christine reach the farmhouse moments later and are allowed in by the inhabitants, a pair of deranged sisters, one of whom lures Brent into another room. While those two have sex... <laughs> Jesus. I love how, like, matter-of-fact this is written, because it's Wikipedia. <laughs> well, those two whip up a good fuck stew. <laughs> Christine has a threesome, and threesome is one of the blue words on Wikipedia, so you could click on that and find you out more. see what a threesome is? Yeah. yeah, in case you didn't know. It was like, <laughs> I was like, what's that? There's lots of words in here that are blue. That means that they have articles dedicated to them, and they make me giggle. Uh, with the remaining sister, Daisy, and the woman's mute brother, Robbie, believing it to be the only way the siblings will offer them any aid. We're dealing with intelligent, intelligent characters here. Yeah, absolutely. So we got incest porn. Is this is this okay? Is this above board? No. Is this allowed? I mean, it's it's really typical in porn, especially right now. Uh, yeah. Pretty sure, like, mom is, like, one of the most searched porn things. It's like, mom and stepsister. Yeah, that's fucked up. It's really fucking bad. <sighs> Why can't you just jack it to something that isn't your mom? Like, come on. Come on, man. Just Why type in woman. Mom? <laughs> just type in boobs on the calculator and jerk off to that, you idiot. Duh. Alright, where are we at here? <laughs> All right. When Brent climaxes, the sister hacks off one of his arms with a hatchet, gnaws on the severed limb, and taunts him as he dies. But he got that nut, though. What the fuck? <laughs> as, what? That, as that occurs, Christine passes out on the family's couch and is awakened hours later by Leatherface, who drags her outside. Uh, apologies for this graphic, uh, uh, what is about to happen. Christine is raped to death with a construction vibrator, uh, wielded by Leatherface, who licks Christine's blood off the tool with Daisy. Uh, yep. This sounds like a great time, great watch here. Glad we skipped it. The next day, <laughs> a sister forces Vanessa to watch as see she has sex with Robbie. When the two finish, they and their siblings, including the hitchhiker and Grandpa, Grandpa's still here. Oh, I really hope he doesn't have sex. Betty fucks. Eat a butchered body in front of Vanessa and pelt her with viscera. Uh, <laughs> is that how you say that word? It has blue. Yeah. It has blue. Is that just like guts yeah. and veins or something? Yeah. All right, that's fine. As his family eats, Leatherface takes Vanessa away, intending to kill her with the vibrator. I hope it's like huge, like chainsaw size. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't hope, but anyway. <laughs> but he is caught off guard when Vanessa flirts with him. Vanessa has sex with Leatherface, distracting him and allowing her to grab a knife, stab him in the leg, and escape. Dab. Uh, an unknown amount of time later, and this is the big old twisty twist, uh, the battered Vanessa awakens in a hospital room where she is interviewed by Detective Mike Rowe. Not not the guy from the Discovery Channel on Dirty Jobs. Just, just clear that up. It's not Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs who narrates Deadliest Catch on the Discovery Channel. It's not that guy. Okay. You sure? No, it could be that guy. <laughs> And it's funnier to me if it is that guy. <laughs> hey, man. It's a dirty job, and someone's got to do it. Oh, yeah, sure thing, bud. 
As the interview progresses, the detective's questions become disturbing, and he takes nude pictures of Vanessa for evidentiary purposes. Before she falls back unconscious, Vanessa wakes up later, duct-taped to the bed by Daisy, who is dressed like a nurse. Detective Mike Rowe appears... (laughs) and reveals he's the patriarch of the cannibal family and the father of Leatherface, who he refers to as Gary. Gary? Gary was Leatherface's real name this whole time, (sighs) which I believe makes him an even more frightening horror icon. Because Gary is a frightening name. Ha, Gary. (laughs) Truly the most frightening. (laughs) (laughs) It would only be worse if he was named, like, Keith. Or something like that. Vanessa never escaped. The hospital room is just one of the family's sheds. Roe pulls a sheet over Vanessa's head, and he and Daisy beat her to death with a wrench. So so at least it had a happy ending. It wasn't, like, too much of a downer to read that. All in all, I would give this uh, a rating of 2 out of 10, and that's probably still better than Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. Damn. <laughs> No, but I don't know. This sounds fucking terrible. Nope. Um, I'm not, not fucking with even, it. Even if we're only classifying it in like a ranking of parody porn, this sounds terrible. Uh, I, I don't really know the psyche of someone that would want a parody porn of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You're really mixing things up here that shouldn't be mixed up. It's, it's it's really disturbing to me on multiple levels. It's worse than the one than the the fucking American Dad one where someone he's dressed up as Roger. <laughs> okay, but like at least you can get like some weird comedy out of that one. Yeah, you can't get one out of this. Like it's There's not no like way. you can't get a nut out of it because <laughs> it's like too disturbing. But like it's funny. This I don't find funny. This is really mean spirited and cruel. Yeah, it's not good. And then it's a porno too. Right. So then it, it leads me to believe that it appeals to like certain weirdo individuals. Probably the people that like people thought were going to see Joker in theaters October fourth, but they didn't really. Hey, you know, those people. It's juggalos. It's juggalos? Yeah. It's Juggalos. Okay, but Juggalos are good guys, Justin. I feel like you're... Yeah, but it doesn't matter. ...besmirching the good name of the Juggalo Rebels. No, no, don't kink shame. Don't fucking kink shame, dude. No. I'm not kink shaming. No. I just find it weird. Okay, I'm... You don't find Juggalos weird? You know, I kind of do. But at the same time, I... You know, okay, here's the thing. I don't These are the same I do not like pour- ICP one bit and and then therefore I don't like the Juggalo subculture, but I I in some way respect it because they are nice people that do nice things as opposed to lots of subgroups right. that follow bands. No, no, I appreciate them, but they're also they also uh, have like a contest where you pour like Fanta or Fago, oh, Fago for on sure. naked girls and yeah. then they dance. Yeah. Okay, but that's all above board and fine. <laughs> it's not. It's not like Texas Chainsaw Massacre porn parody. No, that's that's uh, much further, Justin. If they did that, I would feel like we would have to, um, you know, do something about the Juggalos. No, we don't do nothing about the Juggalos. We're not about the Juggalos. Those boys can thrive. <laughs> if anything, we need them for the future, for the resistance. Because uh, I don't know if you heard, but but um, you know how there's like. Uh, Face recognition technology now. 
Yeah, I got uh, my new iPhone. Yeah, Juggalos cannot be registered with the face recognition technology with the face paint. Right. Because it, it just it doesn't recognize it as oh, anything. Oh, so they're the ghosts, and they get around all the technology, and they don't get oppressed by the government. Yeah, they're going to be the hacker mans when, <gasps> uh, when we get to the dark, dystopian future of Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. Uh, they will be the resistance. <laughs> we are the resistance. We are the juggalos. Magnets. How do they work? <laughs> oh, I see. So we the patsies. We some kind of rough riders. <laughs> Get me the fuck out of here. What, are you not down with the clown? Joker in theaters October 4th. <laughs> this is a long intro where we just keep talking about things. As is typical on the Gen and Jub program. When do we put the theme music? Who knows? It's up to Justin when he edits the episode. During what you're saying right now. And it's not like this is a joke that I've used like a hundred times. That's the worst specifically like twice. So now I'm going to use it for the third and probably final time right now. Okay, that's fair. You don't want to, You don't want things to get, you know, to the point where they're not funny anymore. Right. You know, you, you got to stop while you're ahead. You know, do what Texas Chainsaw Massacre didn't do. And stop <laughs> while you're ahead. Exactly. And they were never ahead as soon as they made it too. But, you know, whatever. That, that's my point. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Gan and Jub Show. That's Ken. Hey, guys. And I'm Jub. That's him. Yeah. Welcome to the show, everybody. Today, we're going to talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the next generation. It has Matthew McConaughey in it. It sure fucking does. He gives a performance to rival Joaquin Phoenix's as the Joker in theaters now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, truly, we should retroactively give Matthew McConaughey the Oscar for 1995 Best Actor portraying Vilmer Slaughter in the hit film Texas Chainsaw Massacre forever. Yeah. <laughs> Forever. You know what? We should give him the Oscar in 1995 and 1997 because this movie got released twice. But we'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For now, let's talk about bullshit to fill time before we get to the real point of our show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll play a new game. I'll talk about it. What was the new game? I mean, it's not a new game. It's an old game, but it's new again. I'm talking about Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening on the Nintendo Switch. Hey! I started playing it this week, and uh, it's, the sa- it's the same fucking game, bro. <laughs> is that a good or bad thing? It's a great thing. Okay, so that, that is one that, it's like one of the... It's one of the best Zelda games already. It's an unsung hero of the franchise. Like, not as many people talk about it. Now people are, for sure. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Well, this, this, is a lot of ge- this is a game that a lot of people back in the day championed as, like, one of the better Zelda games. Yeah. Telling everybody, hey, if you didn't grow up with the Game Boy, play it. Right, and then it uh, it got re-released on the Game Boy Color, and then I think again on the Game Boy Advance, uh, and it became available on the eShop. But it was still like really, it was on the original Game Boy, so it's like really stripped down. Like, it's like you know, it's hard to go back to old Game Boy games because it's so ugly to look at. Yeah, there's lots of great Game Boy games. Don't get me wrong, but it, but it is like once you get to Game Boy Color is when games start looking good on hand. Right. Yeah, and it and wasn't at that point. Link's Awakening definitely had that problem. Yeah. And then, you go to now, and they keep basically every single story beat, 
dungeon mechanic, everything like that is the exact same. But it looks gorgeous, sounds gorgeous, and they added a couple extra things that are really fun. Uh, one of them, a lot of people were talking about, is that dungeon builder thing that's in it. Yeah, do you like that? Because yes. the majority of reviews that I'm seeing that give it, like, not a bad review. Like, it's the, it's one of the only negatives I see about that game that pops up, is the dungeon builder mechanic isn't good. I but like you it. like it? Yeah, I personally okay, cool. like it. It's fun. It's not, it's not like a main focal point in the game, which is a little side thing you can do. Okay. And uh, the way it works is uh, the main component of it is you get a challenge, okay? And you're like, hey, you have to, like, for example, the one I did is, like, it gives you this heart shape, right? Yeah. It's like, fill in this heart shape as a dungeon. You have to make it cohesive. You have to make it work. Mm. Okay? So you're like, okay. I have to put together an intro to this dungeon. I have to put where the boss room is. I have to make sure there's enough... Uh, there's a chest that can have a boss key in it to make sure if I put rooms in the... With, you know, locked doors in them, I have to make sure I have enough chests for enough keys for them. Now, the way it works is you get all these, you get these tiles, right? And a lot of them are tiles from dungeons you've already completed. They're just rooms. Like, the tiles are rooms from uh, dungeons you previously completed. So it's a little bit of rehashing of some of the stuff that's already in the game. But there's ways you could also get new tiles. Uh, some of them you can buy from the shop, you can find out in the world, and there's some you get from using Amiibo as well. Oh, that's cool. Probably just Zelda ones, I assume. Yeah, it's, as far as I know, I think it's just Zelda ones. And... Uh, I I have every Zelda amiibo, so I just fucking tapped away at them until it told me I couldn't anymore. I feel like this is the way to make amiibos worth it, is to have functionality in most of the major games for, like, most of them. But yeah. Nintendo isn't utilizing that as well as I would like. No, only certain games do. Yeah. And it's, like, kind of disappointing. I mean, I, I still know. like the figures. I like collecting amiibos. Oh, no, also, dude, the, the Link's um, Awakening Link figure is fucking yeah, it's cute. sweet. Yeah. I love that thing. Yeah. It's really cool. I really can't wait to have a snake one. It's fucking weird to it's me that soon. I can get that. I want a Banjo one as well. I almost bought the uh, not Amiibo Amiibo figure of Banjo. <laughs> yeah. Those, like, uh, whatever they were. They, they sell them at GameStop. They were, like, a yeah. PlayStation and Xbox characters, and they they come on a little stand. I got a Conker one. I, I'm pretty safe in getting that one. Like, they're never going to make another Conker figure no. ever again. No. I love Conker enough that I sought out merch from that game that doesn't exist anymore. Because, like, there's no fucking way they're going to make it ever again. No. I have a little stuffed Conquer doll from when Live and Reloaded came out, and you can press his stomach, and he says, uh, you know, I'm going to get tanked tonight. <laughs> Wonderful. It, it's great. <laughs> yeah. I love that thing. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. I'm glad that that is good. Yeah, I enjoy it. Uh, but other than that, and uh, what was the other thing that they added? I'm trying to remember. They added one more thing. Zelda. Oh, no, they added Fast Travel. Oh, okay. That wasn't in the original? No. I guess that makes sense. There, there wasn't f fast travel in early Zelda games at all. Okay. Yeah, even in, like, Link to the Past. No fast travel. Well, that makes sense, I guess. Yeah, The world so, is smaller, too. Right, it's pretty small in Link's Awakening, too, but you have these fast travel points you can just go between. But it's really nice. I, I guess that's cool that they added that, because... Makes it faster. Somewhat minor addition that probably wouldn't have impacted the game too much if they didn't add it, but, like, it's... It's coming out now, so it's yeah. a nice thing to put in. Absolutely, it just makes it just makes going to certain areas faster. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of them, but it's enough where you, if you're like on one side of the fucking map, you can get to the other just by going to fast travel points instead of having to walk the entire way. And I appreciate that greatly. Other than that, it's the same exact game, which is fine because it's a wonderful game. It's one I love very much, near and dear to my heart. Played it a very long time ago on the original Game Boy. 
and it's it's that it's what's like technically a sequel to A Link to the Past. Yeah, but it's like off in its own thing because Link totally dies, and he fall asleep. Justin, he dies. Oh well, the whole thing like his, his fucking boat. Think about this: his boat gets struck by lightning, right? Yeah. Okay. okay? Yeah. Right. And then he just like in the middle of the water, and then he just wakes up, washed up on a beach, and they're like. Wake up this big fishy and egg, right? And then you wake up big fishy and egg and it just kills everybody because they were all dead people who were dreaming. So that's like, then Link washed up on the shore of that island because he was part of that because he just died. But if Link die, how can he be in the other 20s out of That's games? why it's split off in its own little thingy in the timeline. Well, also, it's, I mean, I thought you were just going to yell at me and going to say that Link is a different Link in all the other Zelda games. I was trying to bait you. Yeah, well, besides that one from The Link to the Past. Oh, yeah, well, sure. <laughs> well, I thought The Link to the Past one was also the same one that was in A Link Between Worlds. It is. Um, so then he can't die, Justin. Gotcha. Shut the fuck up, You have idiot. no idea how stupid complicated this timeline <laughs> is. I don't even want to get into this shit. It's so bad. So are you telling me it's the same Link in all of these games? No. But it's a split timeline? That yeah, you tell me right the, now? Yeah. So, like, you have A Link to the Past goes to Link's Awakening and then the other side it goes to Link Between Worlds. So it's like the Ocarina where it like splits into multiple things yeah. but in another point of the timeline. Right. Okay, well that's really stupid. Yeah, the middle timeline also does this. Okay. Which timeline results in uh, the the CDI games? Oh, the one where Angie uh, <laughs> Nomura jumps off a cliff. <laughs> Squadilla! We're off! Let's go! Uh Oh god, it's tragic. But no, it's it's wonderful. And even if you played Link's Awakening, if you've never played Link's Awakening before, and you like Zelda, go get it. It's a Nintendo fan Zelda game. It's the best way I could describe it because it's it's not a, gonna win over any new people. But right, if you like Zelda, you if you know like you Zelda like and you like things that are Nintendo, because yeah. there's a whole ton, shit ton of fucking references to other Nintendo stuff, which is unique to this this particular Zelda game. No other ones do this. This game has. Has fucking chain chomps in it. It has goombas in it. There's there's mushrooms in it. Yoshi there's, in the claw machine. Yeah, there's yeah. a Yoshi doll in the fucking claw machine. Yeah, lots there's of weird references. All kinds of shit in that game. There's just references to other Nintendo properties, and it's really cool. It's really nice. It's fun. I've always wondered if it was possible for Nintendo to cross over their franchises in a non Smash Brothers context. Yeah, why not? Yeah, in the era of Avengers Endgame and a billion other crossovers doomed to happen because of its success, I think it might happen one day. Be fun. I don't know the best way for them to go about it, because Smash Brothers is the perfect way to go about it. Um, Metroid and F-Zero. Metroid and F-Zero. Yeah. I think it should be another party game like Smash, but just make the next Mario Kart Nintendo Kart instead. Yeah, no, absolutely. They should just put ever like because they're already Smash Brothers. They've Mario already Kart. basically done that a little bit. They just dipped their toes in the water because they put Link in and they put uh, Isabelle and Villager in. I yeah. think they even put the Splatoon. Uh, ink, yeah, the Squid Kids are in there too. There, yeah. yeah. So like, just do it. Just put fucking put actual Captain Falcon in there, not just a um, yeah. discount F Zero. Put Captain track. Falcon in there. Put Samus in there. Put yeah. like. Put like Star Fox can be in the Landmaster or something. Yeah, it'd be cool. Uh, Sonic can be in it. Yeah, <laughs> he can just race on his feet like in Sonic R. Now nah, you can give him a car. He's been in enough games where he's been in cars anyway. Yeah, no, uh, at this point. Uh, you know, just put put you know Link in it again. 
Put more links in it. Put Ness in it. I don't know what he would ride. Destruction of some sort. <laughs> he would just be on Mr. Saturn. I like that. Right around like on Mr. That. Saturn. Go really fast. I feel like that's actually possible. Like, I wouldn't bet on it, but I feel like it's possible. Yeah. But it feels like Nintendo is more looking to exploit Mario Kart at the moment. Yeah, I don't think there's... There might not be another Mario Kart for the Switch. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised because Mario That 8's, might be why they re-released yeah. Mario Kart 8. Mario Kart 8 is, like, perfect. It'd be cool if they made another racing game that wasn't Mario Kart. Yeah. Uh, F-Zero? <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, but, like, hear me out, though. Fuck F-Zero. Make no. another Diddy Kong Racing instead. Put Captain Falcon in it. In Diddy Kong Racing? Yeah. Uh, I mean, put Captain Falcon in every game. I'm not <laughs> <with> that. <laughs> I don't even care if it makes sense. He's Captain Falcon. I love how he's more of a Smash character than an F-Zero character now. <laughs> he's been in more Smash games. Yeah. I think. Yeah, there's There's only... been five Smash games. How many yeah. F-Zero games are uh, there? Three. Yeah, there you go. Star yeah. Fox might be getting up there, too. Uh, yeah. Star Fox has, like, six games. Uh, so, Star Fox has, like, four or five. It might be one, equal. One, two, 64. Two almost doesn't count, but I guess two it counts. Is, two came out in Japan. Two counts. One, two, 64, right? Yeah, all right. Then you have, what? Uh, uh, fucking... Ad- adventures. 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 <laughs> assault. Assault. The one on the DS, Command. Yeah, okay. And zero, so there's seven. Okay. Well, about, like, half of those, I'm okay if you just get rid of them forever, uh, All but, like, three of them. Yeah. The first three. Yeah, that's fair. I, I, I don't know if I'd get rid of Assault. I mean, it's not good. It's okay. But I, that would probably be the last one I would get rid of out of those. Like, to totally get rid of Adventures. Command sucks balls, too. I've never played that one. It's really bad, because it, it was one of those early DS games where it's like, you have to use the touchscreen. And, oh, God. Oh, yeah. It's like Phantom like Hourglass shit. Metroid Prime Hunters, like like that. <laughs> Solving the puzzle by closing the fucking DS. Nice one, Nintendo. <laughs> fucking hate that game. <laughs> I'm a, I'm such a big Zelda fan. I have I have a little thing of Spirit Tracks right behind you on my wall. That game's fine. Phantom Hourglass is garbage. I hear more shit about Spirit Tracks than Phantom Hourglass. I fucking to be hate uh, Spirit Tracks is just a more competent version of Phantom Hourglass with okay. a train. Does have a train? I, lo- I love the Wind Waker art style. I hope they never completely abandon it. The Toon think, Link. I don't think they ever will. I mean, you do have a facet. You have something that's kind of like a. They do keep bringing it back. Yeah. They brought it back as late as the 3DS with uh the, the um whatever the multiplayer one. The yeah. Three, three links, whatever mm-hmm. it was called. Yeah, yeah. Triforce Heroes. Yeah, there you go. Which that probably wasn't that great of a game. It was. It was fine. Like, yeah. It was another like Four Swords game. It's like the same same exact. Thing. Okay. Which which those games are have always just been fine. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that they keep experimenting with new art styles. Like, I'm glad that the Toon Link aesthetic isn't what they went for with Link's Awakening. Yeah, absolutely. Because that art style is fucking cool, and I like it a lot. It reminds me of those uh, fucking, like, old Christmas cartoons. <laughs> you know, I haven't thought about it like that. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. And, like, everybody's kind of like a toy looking yeah. a little bit. It's really cool. Fucking, God, now I can't think of it as not that. Yeah. I've been thinking of it like that since I started it. Is there an ice world where... Do you meet the ice guy? The cold miser? I had yeah. to think of his name. Uh, maybe. The heat miser? We'll the find cold out. Miser. We'll find out. I haven't been to either yet. There is, there is a He's desert. He's Mr. Blue Christmas. There is a desert, though. He's I'm, on my, I'm on my way there below. now. All right, well... You won't run into... You'll probably run into 
some bullshit there. Are you doing anything new playing new games? Well, you, you didn't. I know you you went and saw a movie. I did, and I will talk about that a little bit, even though you haven't seen Jokey. Yeah. Um. Well, let me just talk about it now. I really liked Joker. Okay. Joker was really fucking good. Surprisingly good. You know, because because obviously. The discussion about Joker wasn't about the film itself yeah. for so long that I kind of just got tired of hearing about it to well, the point it where, turned like... turned to a meme. Yeah, but, like, to the point where, like, I didn't even... I wasn't even really excited to see the movie on opening night. You were just like, oh, I guess I got it, right? No, like, I literally just felt obligated to see it because I was curious more than excited. And that sucks, but... It led to me being pleasantly surprised that the movie is extremely well made, and Joaquin Phoenix is fucking amazing in that movie. He does a damn good job. That's, that's the number one thing that he like, I hear about is that movie. probably going to get the Oscar because I can't really think of anyone else who will probably deserve it this year. I'm sure there's plenty of performances. I haven't seen every movie. Um, maybe like Willem Dafoe. Or Robert Pattinson in The Lighthouse. That movie looks damn good. I'm sure there's plenty of movies with good performances in it, but I God, I want Joaquin to have an Oscar because he's excellent in everything he's in. Uh, and this is no exception. He does a damn good job. Uh, I won't spoil the movie necessarily, but I did want to bring up a couple things uh, even before you see it. They're not really spoilers, but um, okay. Here's what I'll do, Jusby. You remember yeah. when you saw Avengers Endgame? And I told you, like, five things. Yeah. And and then, like, one of those five things was correct, and the other ones were false. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to do that for Joker. Oh, okay, go ahead. Now, here's, here's the twist, okay? Okay? I need you to tell me which of these things does not happen. Okay, one thing out of a group? Only one of these things does not happen. Fascinating, okay. 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 So, I, I tried to keep it as... Spoiler free as possible. Like I'm not gonna straight up tell you one of the major events in the movie. Oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. For one of these things that I chose, right? But only one of these does not happen. Okay. Okay. And you need to tell me the one that is bullshit. Right. That's the twist on this concept. But then you don't tell me, like last yeah. time, right? You're not gonna tell me until I see the movie. Yeah, which we'll, will be this weekend. We'll follow up on this in the next episode of the Gen and Joe. Yep, because I'm gonna go see it this weekend. Okay. So so, so here's. Here's all the statements. All right. Statement one. The soundtrack has a lot of strange, unfitting music in it. Well, it, it fits, but, like, I mean unfitting, like, as far as the time period the movie takes place in. Because it's, like, 70s or early 80s. That does have Linkin Park in it, dude. It does not have Linkin Park in it. Does but it, like, System of a Down in it, dude? No. Dude, it has a fucking Death Grip song in it. Oh, that's weird. Uh, it's one that's, like, really low-key. It's Dilemma. Mm. Which, like, and it doesn't play, like, the MC ride, like, yelling parts. It's just the music parts. Oh, okay. But, like, it's really fucking wild to me that that's in the fucking movie right. at all. They chose lots of weird songs that, like, did not come out in the 70s and 80s. It's kind of like Tarantino soundtrack kind of shit. Like, you know when, like, Django fucking, like, a Tupac song plays when he shoots all those people? Yeah, like, it's dope. It's, it's great. Well, he does that all the time. I like it. Plays, like, a Jack White song in Hateful Eight. It has a soundtrack like that. I didn't recognize everything, but I was like, that's fucking Death Grips. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. Uh, okay, that's statement one. Okay, that's that's obviously true. Statement two. Uh, the Scorsese 
references are abundant in this movie, and some of them are just like the flavor of the movie itself. Like the whole thing has just the shadow of Taxi Driver cast over the whole thing for sure. Uh, tell from the trailers and all. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you could tell. A lot of people are making fun of it and saying this is like Baby's first Taxi Driver. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's better than that. Uh, not better than Taxi Driver. Taxi no, Driver's masterpiece. Taxi Driver, yeah, that's what but this movie's still damn good. I, I think being inspired and maybe even flavored by Scorsese doesn't mean it's bad. I mean, he did produce the damn thing. It was probably inevitable. Scorsese's a producer for this movie. Oh, okay. But there's one instance where I was like, okay, did you really have to do that? And that is, uh, there's a point where Joker says, oh, so I'm funny, funny like a clown. Do I amuse you? Oh, like the line from Goodfellas. Yeah. And I fucking cringed and rolled my eyes. Because that's a little too on the nose. It was one of the few times that I did in that movie. That's statement two. Statement three. Um, there's kind of a love interest in this movie. And I won't really go into more than that. Yeah, don't. Uh, she's played by Zazie Beetz. Okay. Uh, who was in Deadpool 2 as right. Domino. Yeah. Uh, I like her a lot. She's good. She's really good in this, too. She pulls it off. But um, they don't really do anything with this fact, but her name is Harleen. And it was ultra distracting for me that her name was Harleen. Jesus. Because that's clearly a reference to Harley Quinn, her, whose real name is Harleen Quinn. But then it doesn't really go in that kind of direction at all. It really doesn't. Just felt like a weird off-putting reference to me. Uh, when it probably didn't need to happen. Next one. Um, Mark Marin is in the movie, and if you forgot about that, that's okay because I think he's in one of the trailers really quick. He has a surprisingly bigger role than I was expecting. Uh, he's actually probably the character with the most screen time besides Joker himself. Like Joker dominates the movie. He's the person that's in it for the most time. But Marin's probably in it the second most amount of time. Uh, and he does pretty good. All the side characters are quite good. But okay. Nobody is as prevalent as Joker, but he's probably like the second most. Uh, there's surprisingly, this is the next one, no reference to like a lot of Batman lore. There's no Waynes at all. Not a damn one. And they don't even call the city Gotham, to my knowledge, at least once. I'm sorry to break a tea gun, Hart. Yeah. I know this is the false one. Oh, you figured it out. Fuck. It's not figuring it out. The fucking internet goddamn ruined that shit for me, bud. Well, why did you look at the internet? I didn't. I mean, I didn't. I was just scrolling through Twitter and somebody was like, Thomas Wayne's a joker! And I'm like, fuck, fuck you. Great, thank you. <laughs> okay, well, now you're going to know the next one is, is uh, you know... True. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I know the rest of them are true, so go ahead, buddy. Well, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> We've been foiled. We've been Joker tricked. Yeah, I, I was pissed. I was like, oh man, I wanted, I wanted that to be a surprise. Because like, it's really cool. Yeah. I, I didn't expect there to be a Wayne in the movie, actually. Okay, well... You know what? No, you already figured it out, so that's not even worth it. I was going to do this thing where two of them are real, actually. Or oh, two okay. of them are fake, actually. Oh, okay. This one's totally fake, I'm sorry. I wrote down that Joker gets in a fridge like Indiana Jones. That's just totally fake. <laughs> It doesn't happen. <laughs> I want it. Joker does not get into a fridge in the Joker movie. So, yeah, I don't know. Well, that didn't really work out the way I planned. But I'm sorry. Work. I'm sorry I ruined that for you. Well, that's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm pissed. 
Well, at least you uh, get to experience all those other weird things and then complain about them with me on the next Gun and Job show. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, kind of figured that, you know, at some point, of course they're going to put, like, a fuck Batman reference in the fucking movie as Joker, right? Yeah, it's just Thomas Wayne, though. It's weird. Yeah. Well, I figured it would just be Thomas Wayne. Yeah. Then they're not going to put a little Brucey in there. Nah. Oh, well. Sorry, Ruben. Sorry, spent five minutes on that. Retail. Yeah, fuck you. That's fine. We'll still talk about it next week. Yeah, we'll, we'll do spoiler discussion. I would, I would rather go, like, I want to go heavily into Joker because it's, like, actually really good. Yeah. I'd like to. I would love to just um, talk. I would love to spend, you'd spend first half of the episode talking about Joker and second half of the episode talking about a, the, a worse far movie. superior Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, probably. Far superior. Better yeah. quality film. Yeah. For sure. Uh huh. I'm lying. Yeah. All right, so, so let's get into uh, our big non-movie topic. What was that? I want to get into Blizzard Entertainment. Oh no, I didn't realize. <laughs> Fuck. This is the other big thing that I want to talk about. I think it's very important to talk about. It's a very complicated and nuanced issue, and I think it's worth talking about. So, as most people know who look at the news for the past like six, I think well, six months now. Um, there have been massive protests in Hong Kong. Okay, it's people protesting the government there. There's a huge, complicated situation there that caused all this to start. But basically, these people want to overthrow the police in Hong Kong through like one issue or another. So, this has China pretty well divided. There's a lot of people who, of course, support the protests, people who want to see change in China, and, uh, they're all over the place, including one of them who was a Hearthstone pro player, okay? So, uh, after, I think he won a tournament, and afterwards, he, he during an interview, uh, two casters were interviewing him, and then he said, he, he made a comment about the North Korean protests, basically saying that he stood in solidarity with them. I think it's, uh, I forget the exact quote, I, I should have pulled it up, but here's a bit of a deeper explanation about what's going on with Hong Kong. Um, Hong Kong is currently in the midst of a public protest that began earlier this year when the local government announced plans to enact laws that would allow China to extradite citizens from Hong Kong for judiciary reasons. Hong Kong citizens protested the laws, and while the city government has backed down from plans to enact them, the movement has grown as calls for liberation intensify. Okay. So they want to liberate Hong Kong from from the Chinese government that's there. Yeah. Okay, so this player, his his name is Blitz Chung. That's his uh, that's his tag yeah. in Hearthstone, right? So yeah, after his victory in a Hearthstone Grandmasters match, uh, Chung was interviewed by the local Taiwanese Hearthstone streamcasters, uh, virtual Mister Yi. During the interview, Chung wore a face mask, a reference to the anti-mask law that was currently enacted in China, and shouted, "Liberate Hong Kong! Revolution of our age!" Um, the, screen, the stream quickly cuts to commercial after that, and uh, since then, the on-demand footage of it has been pulled from the internet, from uh, the, the host stream. There's also been some bullshit in the NBA as well. Um, yeah, we'll get to that. Okay. Um, I didn't know if you were planning on it. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. The main thing I want to talk about is Blizzard, though, because we like to talk about games and shit. We do like to talk about video games. So after this happened, uh, they, they think the next day, uh, Blizzard enacted a 12-month ban, a whole year ban on this man, and took away his prize money, which equaled $10,000. That's fucked up. 
took it from him and said that he violated policy or whatever. But the, you know the reason. Everybody knows the reason why Blizzard did this. If you do any research on Blizzard's profits, a large chunk of it right now comes from China. Yeah. Chinese people play a ton of Blizzard games. They're big, big fans of Overwatch and Hearthstone specifically right now. And mm-hmm. after what happened with South Park, even though you guys saw that, I'm sure Blizzard was scared that if they didn't do anything to this player, or maybe they were told by a representative from China, who knows, that if they did anything to this player, or didn't do anything to this player, China would ban Blizzard. What what did happen with South Being Park? There. I'm not familiar. South Park made an episode. Like recently? Yeah, very recently. Okay. This is our last episode. Oh, all right. Uh, criticizing China? Yeah, criticizing and, and poking fun at China. Hard. Hey, Hard. Sure. Did Comedy Central do something about that? Comedy Central didn't do anything about that. China banned South, South Park, Park from China. Yeah. Okay, I can't assume it was a huge market in China anyway. No, Blizzard is, and that is why they decided to go forward with this ban. I and as soon as that happened, the internet was in a frenzy. Now I know the issue in Hong Kong is very complicated. Okay. Um. These protesters are. Effectively, in the moment, battling a police state. From what we can gather, the police have started using live rounds on the protesters, and that is explicably where the line should be drawn. Before that, I mean, you should never fire live, police should never fire live rounds on protesting citizens. It doesn't matter what the fuck they're doing, I don't care. They have clearly crossed the line. This needs to stop. Well, yeah. And I think it's abhorrent and fucking disgusting. That There's an absolutely justifiable reason why people are pissed and are protesting, even people that aren't living in China. Right. This has grown out of control, and it is the police's fault that has gotten worse. I, I realize there are certain freedoms that we as Americans have. Yeah. That people there... Do not have. Uh-huh. But they want to uh, fight for those freedoms. Yeah, I know. But but it's it's really fucked up that people here also do not get those freedoms. Yeah. From, you know, the corporations here, like Blizzard and like the NBA, that are kind of being scared that the money will go away because yeah, they both have China markets. gets pissed. Because they both have markets in China. So after Blizzard banned this ban, the internet went into a frenzy, especially on the American side. Uh, America, in the moment, for as a as a big chunk, has been standing in solidarity with the North Korean protesters. Um, a big thing about the North Korean protests right now is they want to uh, initiate uh, democratic capitalism in China, right? Okay. Um, and right now they are a communist country, kind of. There's there's a lot of nuance there too. Uh, it's effectively it, it's a poorly run government there with a comp with a communist ec- economic system. Now, yeah, sure. I've been seeing people try to paint this with a fucking broad brush and then like just like, but communism bad, but capitalism isn't the the driving bad force. It's it's 
communism, and I'm like, I, you, you know, more than one thing can be bad sometimes. It's very the, depending on what's happening. This issue you know what is I mean? way too nuanced for a lot of these people to understand. Especially on like a website like Twitter, where just like yeah, Joe Nobody is fucking saying ten words about it. And uh, if anybody knows, like, and probably people who have listened to the show, I've said it before. I'm I'm, I'm kind of a lefty, you know. Like I, as far as like political spectrum goes, I go pretty fucking hard to the left, right? Uh, this is bullshit. There are a lot of people online, like, standing with the Chinese police. Now, I exist in a lot of, like, left-leading circles because of my political views, right? And you see a lot of people in solidarity with the Chinese police, which are also people who, like, will spam ACAB and Twitch chat and shit. Yeah, that's bizarre. It's fucking bizarre to me. Doesn't ACAB mean ACAB? All cops are bastards. Yeah, where's the all part? Right. Mm. But not... But not the cop, not the cops that have the red flag. Yeah, see, that's stupid. Yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't give a fuck if they're communists or not. They're killing citizens. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Nobody should give a fuck. It's gone. It's too far gone. Regardless of what, you know, leadership system you like or dislike. Bad people are bad people running no bad shit no government should what. Yeah. ever be killing its own citizens. No, for sure. Ever. It is it is a cross line. Badly. If you're if you're fucking in solidarity with the goddamn police, you're a jackass. You're a fucking idiot. I'm just gonna put that out there right now. If you support the Chinese police, if you support them, you are an idiot. Full fucking out idiot. You're brain dead. What the fuck is wrong with you? Moving on from that point, this is a sentiment that's echoed by a lot of people right now. Yeah. So Blizzard made a bad fucking move, dude, <laughs> by doing this. So there are, right now, there's uh, there's a boycott Blizzard hashtag trending. A lot of people are like, canceling their World of Warcraft subscriptions. Uh, there's a lot of people refusing to do anything with Blizzard games anymore. You have streamers who are... Deciding not to play World of Warcraft, Overwatch, or Hearthstone during this. Yeah. Uh, these, are, these are people who are, like, known for these games. Even their own like, employees no. are extremely pissed. Yes, yeah, so the day after the day that, that this happened, uh, massive employees at Blizzard, uh, if you've ever, I don't know if you've ever seen what Blizzard's, like, home base looks they like. They have a big statue of, like, an orc, I think. Yeah, and around it, there's, like, there's a thing of their, like, of their, like, The sayings code of their company or, or something yeah. like that. And, and there's... And, I forget what they are. There, there's stuff about, like, in- inclusiveness and, like... There are things that are directly contradicted by supporting China right now. Right. So uh, employees went around and covered them up and taped over it. As a form of protest about, right. you know, this and then, company doesn't seem to stand for these things that it says it stands for right now. Yeah. And I completely agree 100%. That's a good protest. Yeah, that happened on, I think, Monday. And then yesterday... Oh, excuse me. Around approximately 30 Blizzard employees staged a walkout mm. where they all stood in front of the orc statue and, like, were chanting and holding up signs um, and made sure that the front office could see it. Good for them. Yeah, absolutely. They walked out for, I think, about now, about two hours or something like that, I think it was. Some people coming in and out throughout the day. Okay. And then, good. Protest that shit. Uh, 
And just a few hours ago, there was an update where Blizzard said they are reconsidering. Yeah, they fucking should. What what they are doing right I'm now. I'm very curious what their public statement about it is going to be. I'm also curious to see what they do. I know what their fucking public statement is going to be. Yeah, Once but enough I'm still curious like, to see how hollow it is because that could make this situation worse. Blizzard has to be really careful here. Yes, they do. And I don't know if they're going to be. I think they're going to hope that it gets ignored and they can, you know, maybe release news about, uh, I don't know, like a new Diablo or something and everybody will not pay attention to it. But if they do do that, they run the risk of seeing, like, really hollow and really terrible because they're trying to distract from a serious issue. Yeah, look at the shiny thing. Don't look at the bad stuff. Right. I and I really hope they don't respond that way. That would be a complete shit show if that happens. Mm-hmm. I hope they give this Hearthstone player his prize money back. Uh, there honest. is already another organization. Uh, that is uh, giving him his money. Uh, let's see. Let me see if I can see who did it. Or at least take away that twelve month ban. Yeah. Because, like, you know, don't, you're not a Chinese company. You're an American company, right? Uh-huh. Or something like that. Is Blizzard British? I actually don't know. Blizzard American? Justin? Uh, yes. Okay. <sighs> I had to make sure I actually didn't know. <laughs> like, I, I don't know why they would abide by another country's rules regarding this matter. If a player made a statement about, like, I don't know, Trump, when they won, would they have done anything? If uh, the guy said, like, vote against Trump in the 2020 election after they won, would they do anything? No. I don't think they would. No, it's just because there's money in this. Yeah, well, because, like, in America, <coughs> that won't affect you for saying that. Right, but if you just, but if it's against China, China could just cut ties with you and then you lose a big market. Uh huh. And they're scared. Um, I think they shouldn't be. It's like 30% of Blizzard's profits come from China. Well. Yeah. Some, some things are more important than money. I know they won't agree. No, but they're, <laughs> remember, it's Activision Blizzard now. Yeah, Activision's, the Activision part is right. the part that will not agree. Yes. And I'm pretty upset about that. Yep. Uh, there is, let's see. There's there's a little bit more information here that's been coming out. Um, uh, Chung responded after this all happened. Uh, he said, "I expect I expected the decision by Blizzard. I think it's unfair, but I do respect their decision. I'm not regretful of what I said. I shouldn't be afraid of these kinds of white terror." Damn. He describes bro. it as, he described it as anonymous act that create that creates a climate of fear. Damn. Good for him. He also said, uh, my call on stream was just another form of participation in the protests that I wish that I wish to grab more attention from. It could cause me a lot of trouble, even my personal safety in real life, but I think it's my duty to say something about the issue. That dude's a fucking hero. Yeah. Fuck that shit. Uh, there is a, uh, it's, not, it's not another esports organization. It's another company making a digital, that's been doing a uh, uh, card game, right? Yeah. And they were like, hey... They they apparently they reached out to him and said, "Hey, come play in our come learn our game, play in our tournament series for us, and we will give you ten thousand dollars. We will give you the money Blizzard took away from you." That's dope. <laughs> yeah. <'Cause, laughs> Why not? Because they were they were all this company was all over this shit, and they were like, "We are never gonna do that. Fuck you. 
if you, if you're pissed off at Hearthstone right now, come play our fucking game. And I'm like, yeah, good move, good PR move. <laughs> so you do PR, buddy. See the fake Hearthstone cards people are making. Oh yeah, they're great. Mm. You're fucking good memes. You know, fuck this shit. Like like that one. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that one. It says Battle Cry. Become silenced and removed from the game. It's a picture of the fucking a Blitz Chung. Player. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not buying Blizzard shit anymore, man. I'm done. Well, unless I don't they... care if, I, don't, I don't care if they reverse it, I'm done. You don't care if they reverse their nope, decision? I don't care. So the, the only reason they're gonna reverse their fucking decision is because there's enough public fucking outcry. They made their they stood their ground, they fucking made their line in the sand. Fuck them. Fuck Blizzard, fuck Activision. I don't want, I'm not going to play another one of their fucking games. I just reinstalled Overwatch on my PC. I'm uninstalling it. All right. I, I'm i so fucking pissed. I personally would be cool with it if they did uh, back out of this decision. Because I know Blizzard is owned by Activision, but there could have been more pressure from Activision. Than the Blizzard side. If of they things. come out and say that shit and throw like Bobby Kotick under the bus or something, no, that'd be sick. Sure, yeah, because <laughs> I'd appreciate that. But they're not going to do no, that. No, they're not going to. They can't say that because they're still owned by Activision. But Activision could they're not go... owned by Activision. They're co-opted. They're the same company now. Okay, but the Activision part has to be bigger than the Blizzard part. Like, come on. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's a Call of Duty. I was going to talk about Crash Team Racing today, but I don't really feel like it now. No, sorry. I, sorry I'd made you depressed. Yeah, also the NBA's been doing some dumb shit with that. It's the same kind of shit. It's the exact Silencing same thing. people that are speaking out about it. Because the NBA has a lot of associations with China and Chinese basketball leagues. Like, they have yeah. a league in China. The yep. NBA does. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they do exhibition games and shit all the time. I, I just saw that a couple who was protesting at a game got removed from the game. Yeah. Uh, an audience just, you know, holding up signs, wearing the masks. And they got booted from the fucking preseason game. Fuck exhibition that. match. Yeah, that's fucked up. Uh, the NBA can go fuck itself, to be honest. That's fucking, you know. I realize you have a lot of money invested in China, but, like... Thankfully, this is a problem the NFL doesn't have. Well, the NFL has like eight hundred other problems. Yeah, no, many <laughs> like other things for sure. But it's an American organization, so for what it's worth, most protest is fine, especially now after you know the whole fucking Colin Kaepernick debacle happened, and I feel like he got treated entirely unfairly after that. And I know that, like, there's the argument that you're representing a corporation, representing a team, so you're harming the team by speaking out. But the mass kneeling happened last year, I believe. And, you know, I think we're past that now. If another great injustice happens, and it fucking will in America, and someone kneels, I'm willing to bet they'll let it happen this time. Yeah, because the absolutely. Colin Kaepernick thing became such a big fucking deal. It was, it was a bad NFL look for the NFL. It. Yeah, it was actually a bad look. Their, their ratings went especially down. if we don't have a Republican-led White House spurring on the outrage by bitching about it on Twitter, like our president does. Huh. Uh, you know, maybe that'll change next year. One can hope. We can we can pray. I'm gonna cap this off. Um, just with one statement. Uh, big, you know, 
and all the talk about implementing capitalism in China and stuff. And here's the biggest consequence: you're in a you you are in a position where they're even though they are American, there are American companies here doing business in America along with another country because you know the economy is globalized now. In capitalism, corporations care about money more than your American values and rights. And they will go for that every fucking time. This is just more proof of that, for sure. This is just cemented, dude. This is the hard fucking cement of it. Blizzard is a company that its foundational values are based on expressing yourself and, like, diversity and inclusiveness and all. It's been their moniker for years years it's been the thing that's driven the company and then here comes this and then this happens yeah. and if, if that's right you could be you could be as uh as open for free speech and diversity and all that all you want but if it affects your bottom line nah it's gone yeah that makes you look like you're hollow and you're doing it to sell shit uh, corporations are hollow and do it to sell shit well no and shit there's your problem with capitalism <laughs> baby <laughs> There, there is a consequence to every economic system, no matter how fucking good you think it is. Ah, don't worry, Jusby. They'll just announce that another Overwatch character is gay, so that everybody likes him again or something. You know, it's fine. <sighs> Fuck him. All right, <laughs> let's move on you know to they'll something. Do some uh, shit like that, they're gonna try and distract you. They're gonna try and distract you, and gonna be like, "See, we're good. Don't fucking believe them." Remember Memento. When yeah. he wrote, don't believe his lies on the picture. Yeah. It's just a picture of the Warcraft orc. Yeah. That represents Blizzard. <laughs> don't believe his lies. God damn it. Remember, don't let him try to trick you. Mustached asshole man. <laughs> let's get the fuck off of this. Let's move on. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about a really serious topic. Fuck Texas me. Chainsaw Massacre 4. Let's go, baby. <laughs> At least this will be a palate cleanser. It, well, I didn't even mean that as a pun, because they do eat people. But this is a palate cleanser. Compared to the previous stuff, yeah, this is much uh, more lighthearted. Which is kind of funny. Yeah. Everything else. Yeah. We're going to talk about a fucked up horror movie, and it's more lighthearted than the real world. Hooray for society. So you have... Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the next generation, previously known as Return of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Return of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right, yeah. Yeah. Released in 97? (sighs) We'll talk about it. It's released twice, if I remember correctly. I'll get to it. Yeah. I think, let's give you a bit of background. Yeah, let's get a background. Let's get the background. Where we last left the fucking gimp-legged, hobbling, can-only-see-out-of-one-eye franchise. Yeah, uh, they were they were owned by New Line, uh, and they made Texas Chainsaw Massacre three. Yeah, it sucked. Uh, which we did not like. It was really fucking boring. So that movie was not a success for New Line. They let the la- the rights to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise and branding lapse because they were not about to make a fourth one. And this piques the interest of one Kim Hankel. If you recognize that name, Kim Hankel was the guy who wrote the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre with Toby Hooper. Yes. So this is where we get his take on a sequel to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We got Toby Hooper's writer and director of the original, his take with Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2. This is Kim Hankel's. 
It's not as good. It's not uh, as good of a take. Not at it's really all. not as good of a take. Um, but in a way, it's a weirdly similar take. And I'll kind of get into why. Sort of? I'll get into why. It's a similar take in tone, I would say. Uh, but okay. they both go about it completely differently. And one, I think, is more successful than the other. Yeah, sure. In terms of what it's trying to do. And also in terms of money. But we'll get to that, too. <laughs> so, um, Kim Hankel talks to the producer of this film, Robert Kuhn. Or Kun. I don't know. K-U-H-N. Usually that's Kuhn. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, this guy would later produce other films in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. Texas Chainsaw Massacre The Beginning, which we'll watch in a couple weeks, and Texas Chainsaw 3D, which we will probably watch in the episode that goes up on Halloween. I wanted to mention that. We're going to change the schedule up a little bit. The final two entries in this series will go up in an episode that we're going to try and release on Halloween. And then the week after that's going to be Terminator is out in theaters, so we'll do an episode on that and yes. add that to the Terminator franchise, which we did right. earlier in the year. Anyway, back to Robert Kuhn. Uh, so he says this regarding the production. Quote, I wanted to go back to the original, and Kim did too. We agreed on that right off, and the first major thing was getting him to write the script. I raised the money to get it written, and for us to start trying to put this thing together. Then we went out to the American film market in L.A. and talked to a bunch of people about financing. At that point, I'd raised some money, but not nearly enough to make the film. And we looked at the possibilities of making a deal with the distributor, but I knew there wasn't any hope of us making one we could live with. There never is. Kim would say, hey, so-and-so is interested, and it might be a deal we can live with. So we'd talk to him, and I'd ask three or four hard questions, and I'd just kind of look over at Kim, and he'd say, yeah. Then I'd go back and start trying to raise some more money. <laughs> I just started going to everybody I knew and got it in bits and pieces wherever I could. So right off the bat, Making this movie is difficult <laughs> because no, no one wants to make another Texas Chainsaw Massacre at this point in time. No, because the, they were bad. <laughs> it's it's probably tough to give a lot of money to... Kim Hankel, I think prior to this, has never directed a film. Kim Hankel is the writer, co-writer too. Like Toby Hooper wrote a lot of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1. Yeah. Uh, he worked with him again on that Eaton Live movie or whatever it was called. And But like, uh, he just he's primarily a writer. Yeah. But he wants to be the director of this. Yeah. So maybe that is possibly why they had trouble getting a budget together. Because first time director, not the returning guy you maybe necessarily want. Because you probably want Toby Hooper. Yeah. Toby Hooper, the guy that directed Poltergeist. Kind of. <laughs> Asterisk. Steven Spielberg's ghost appears. Uh, <laughs> Boo. Spooky Spielberg. So, I want you to hazard a guess to what the budget of this film was. Um, I'm going to guess uh, $15,000. $15,000? What the fuck? Yeah. That's really low. Yeah. That's lower than the first one. Oh, is it? Sorry. Uh, put Add a zero to it. $150,000? Yeah. That's still really low. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I thought you were going to say like a million or something. No, not a million dollars. We got 
Oh, okay. Okay, but like Justin, that's so fucking low. That's ridiculously low. Yeah, see, I'm really bad Even, at film budgets. This is something that I'm like really unfamiliar okay, with. Okay, well, like a, a good <laughs> an examples example I like to point to when it comes to film budgets. Do you, do you remember that show called Project Greenlight? Yeah, where uh, you know your boys Matt Damon and Ben Affleck uh, would choose like one of like twenty shit screenplays <laughs> that people submitted to make into a film yeah. and see if it would succeed. And they would give the guy the money to make the movie, but they'd only give him a million dollars. And from what I've seen from the show, a million is not enough to make a movie. A million is not enough. Right. And a million seems like a lot of money to me or you and to most people. Well, but to pay but an to entire pay staff. An, yeah, an entire cast, an entire crew, caterers, the camera costs, the prop costs, the location scouting, the locations. A million is nothing. And everything I've seen from that show, that was the number one problem for every single director was the million wasn't enough and then they'd have to go grovel to fucking Matt and Ben and go like, can I get it? Can I get like another million? And they're like, we thought that you could make this with a million. Come on, dude. And, <laughs> and that was like a documentary and it was like a show. So that was dramatized. Yeah. But that's kind of what I always think back to when I think of like, oh, the budget was $600,000 for this movie. That means they had even less than people who've struggled to make a million work. Yeah. Th- this had to be like hard to do but Kim Hankel did work with Toby Hooper on the first one and the first one had a slapdash production as well uh, which helped the movie in that case not not, not so here no. not so here so Hankel writes the film he has stated that he wrote the film's characters to be cartoonist caricatures yeah. Of young Americans. Well, I'd Can you say. tell? I'd say. <laughs> and he intended the film's key theme to be one of female empowerment, revolving around the lead character of Jenny, played by yet to be famous Renee Zellweger. Uh, this is a quote from Hankel It's her story, it's about her transformation, her refusal to shut up, to be silenced, to be victimized, and by extension, her refusal to be oppressed, even by culture. Bringing Jenny into a world in which the culture was grotesquely exaggerated was a way of bringing her to see her own world more clearly. That is to say, my intent was to present a nightmarish version of Jenny's world in the form of the Chainsaw family in order to enlarge her view of her own world. I don't know about you. Kim Hankel sounds like he thinks he's smart. And I don't know if he is. I wouldn't push it that far but what i'd say is that if no, this you want to like make statement from for a different movie right Do you know what i mean right if you, yeah you're making a film about female empowerment why the fuck would you make a texas chainsaw <laughs> massacre movie well look you you can do this with horror there are moments of female empowerment but like the thing is if you take an the entire already, concept of the final girl girl trope can be used this way Right, and it, and it has been already. Like, a, yeah, he is literally. This isn't anything new. Necessarily. He's trying. Yeah. He, he like he like took that concept and f- like fucking just slam jammed a fucking thesaurus on it. 
It's like I gotta sound smart. Let me let me look through this. You could you could boil that entire statement down to there's a final girl. It's true. There you go. It's true. It's not even like it's not even like in this movie that she like rises to a point where she's like actually fighting them because she still gets like fucked up all the way through. Well, let's start getting into what happens in the movie. Uh, I guess starting with like uh, our opening narration. I'll start with that. Uh, text. Just like the previous three films with a dramatic voice reading over it. Yep. I think you noted that these get shittier as they have gone on. <laughs> the voice is shittier. Each one progressively worse. The one for the first one is so creepy and sets the tone so well. These ones are and, like... And like, you know, it doesn't quite convince you that it's real, but maybe it could in 1974. Uh, and then the other ones are just so ridiculous. But I want to I wanna mention continuity of this franchise, or lack thereof. Yeah. Uh, which this opening narration kind of makes fun of, I think. I think so. There's a line that it, it, it references the original film, like an event that happened in the 70s, and then it literally says two other minor yet apparently related incidents, which is referring to two and three. And apparently related feels like a joke because... I think one of the main criticisms we can take away from this franchise so far is that there is literally no continuity. It feels like every movie takes place in a different universe than the last one. Yeah. Like, the only continuity we have so far that makes any sense to me is 1 to 2. But even then, the world in 2 and the world in 1 are completely different by nature of the films that we got. Like, 2 takes place in a dark comedy kooky world. One takes place in a gritty, realistic one. Because that's the movies we got. Yeah. So even that doesn't really make sense. And then three is its own thing. And then this one's its own thing entirely. And I can't really connect it to the other ones with anything concrete. Because there's contradictions out the ass. Yeah. This is another parallel universe, is what I'm saying. So, like, it's weird to me that he criticized that, but then also embraced that and made his own fucking movie that isn't a sequel to one. At all. In it any makes, way. It makes references. It it does, but they're not significant enough. No, not even um, not even a little bit, dude. It's really just the thing at the end, uh, which we'll get to. So, uh, yep. Jusby, start taking me through the film. What happens in this fucking stupid movie? All right, it's prom night, baby. <laughs> yeah. Prom night. And what a way to celebrate prom night and having a bunch of stupid fucking high schoolers all together. This scene, to kick off the movie, is literal nonsense. I barely remember what happened in it. It was just a bunch of kids, like, talking. And then, oh boy, there's a guy, jockey dude, he cheating. And girl walk up to him and be like, oh, you're cheating, fuck you. But then it gets hella over-exaggerated. Okay, so, like, so what are our characters here? We got, um... Who, who's the main character? Renee Zellweger as Jenny. Right, that's Jenny. But we don't know that she's the main character yet. She's right. hanging out with like this stoner boy who I forget the name of. We think the main character is like the ditzy girl dating the dickhead guy. Like, right? Yeah. Um. <laughs> his, uh, so yeah. This is Heather, who's played by... Lisa Marie Newmeyer and Barry, played by Tyler Cohn. And uh, if you're looking for trivia about these people, there really isn't any. 
like what you're gonna kind of see here. This movie does have Renee Zellweger and Matthew McConaughey in it, but everyone else is a nobody. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not trying to be mean about that. I'm just saying that due to the budgetary restraints, they went with only people from like local actors from Texas. And at the time, I guess that's who those people were. Renee and McConaughey. <laughs> um, and, and we'll get to them as they appear. But, uh, yeah. Uh, this fucking Barry character is hilarious. I, I don't know if they intended him to be hilarious. What do you think? Uh, I think so. He's great. Grossly exaggerated. It's, it's he's, the, he's such a grossly exaggerated douchebag. Yeah, I, that and that was funny as hell. I think you could tell that that was the point, which I think, it, and that, I think it actually worked rather well, at least as far as like comedy sake goes. Yeah, it's, it's funny actually how much of a fucking no, idiot it is and really a douchebag. He, he is. says stuff like uh, like like they're in the car arguing because like she. Uh, is offended that he's making out with another girl and she goes to drive away and he goes and stops her. I think it's his car, so it probably makes sense that he stopped her. But then he's all like, you know, hey, I need to have sex, okay? If you don't have sex, you get, like, cancer or something. Right. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> like, what a pathetic, dumbass excuse. And then, like, the other characters that, like, snuck in the car with them for whatever reason... Uh, are all like, that's not true. And he's like, well, how'd you know? You don't even have sex. Blah. And then he like says like stupid matter of fact lines like girls have tits and like shit like that. Like it's so bizarre, this character. I loved him. <laughs> like, it was so out of the ordinary that I couldn't help it. He was so funny the whole time. Yeah, it was amazing. Honestly. <laughs> that... A highlight of the beginning part of the movie, which is effectively nonsense. Yeah, it's just it's just an excuse to get your characters out into the middle of nowhere so that they can get attacked by the psychos, as all of these movies start with. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we getting car. past all that. We're in the car. Yeah. After after she the uh, one girl gets really mad and starts driving away, he gets in the car, and then big surprise. Uh, Jenny and her, and her boyfriend or friend. They There's don't really say some really rude references from Barry that like I guess she's a lesbian and it's not really confirmed. It's not really like is she or isn't she or is he just bullying her because she is that typical like oh the girl that wears glasses and is like he literally calls her a dog. Like, he's so rotten that it's it continues to be funny the whole time for me, though. Yeah. Because he's so out of the ordinary rotten. Uh, but, like, I don't know. It's... I, I don't think it's her boyfriend. It's just some stoner character that was barely developed anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's just probably her friend, then. Yeah. yeah. I could only assume, I guess. Sure. What happened... So, after a bunch, what is consists of basically an exchange of a bunch of bickering and rude comments from most of the characters, and sort of funny banter sometimes, especially from the douchebag guy, uh, they get into a car accident. Hit a guy. The dude is yeah. unconscious, but then he kind of gets out of the car, 
And they ask if he's okay. He's like, I'm fine. And then passes back out. And he falls over. This dude's fucking out like a light. And the whole time Barry's like, fuck, my dad's gonna kill me. He is concussed AF. <laughs> yeah. He is Mason Rudolph last week concussed. <laughs> Aww, don't remind me of that. <laughs> I like the Steelers, Chusby. I feel personally attacked by that. Great. Can't wait for us to lose again. <laughs> Fuck yeah, bro. <sighs> okay, anyway, so this film... Uh, yeah, it's kind of weird that this accident happens with no relation to any of the fucking psychopaths. None. These kids are just stupid and driving recklessly because they're arguing and being stupid. Right, and it, it gets most of them killed. Yeah. And then, like, you know, as they're walking and trying to find help, we learn that they're even stupider than we could have possibly imagined because, you know... They're dropping the flashlight, and he's like, you broke my fucking dash flashlight. And she's she's just so ditzy and weird, and she keeps, like, making what I can assume are meta references to the fact that they're in a horror movie, where she's all like, oh my god, we're just in the woods, we're just gonna fucking get murdered, and our guts are gonna spill out everywhere, and they're gonna take pictures of us and put us on the news, <laughs> and, like, stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm like, what? <laughs> It's a little too on the nose. This scene also, but it I, makes it kind of funny. I don't know what was going on with the production, but man, the, the, they like were they it's only the brightest able to... fucking dark forest at night I've right. ever seen did, in my life. Did they have to film this at six p.m.? <laughs> I, I'm curious. I, I can only assume they didn't have good lighting equipment, or or maybe they were filming on not woods. Like I don't know. Production was reportedly awful. I got a quote from Renee Zellweger. Yeah, read that uh, off, please. She talked about the production in a 2016 interview. It took a long time for the lead two big names in this movie to even say a damn thing about it. <laughs> they brought. Um, she said, It was very low budget. So we all shared a tiny Winnebago that the producer of the film, it belonged to him. It was his personal camper. So, you know, makeup was in the front seats. And there was a table in the middle for hair. <laughs> and there was a tiny little curtain by the bathroom. That was where you put your prom dress and your flower on. <laughs> it was ridiculous. How we pulled that off, I have no idea. I'm sure none of it was legal. Anything we did was a little bit dangerous. But what an experience. It was kamikaze filmmaking. <laughs> Woo! It, it makes it sound not great. <laughs> the filming of this movie... Uh, so our characters are walking down the road. Does anything happen before they get to some Dar? What's her name? I forget her name, but I got it. I got it here. Yeah, pull it up, please. I don't think Darla. Anything... Darla. More stupid bickering and flashlight shenanigans. Yeah. That don't make any sense. It's stupid and it's getting a little old by this point. <laughs> Because this is like 25 minutes of this shit. Or at least it feels like it. It, I don't know, it felt like a goddamn eternity. <laughs> but I was laughing the whole time, to be fair. Yeah. But like, but as it was getting towards the end of this part, it was starting to get old. Yeah, sure. Because it, like it was like the same shit. This movie kind of has three phases, in a way, and in, in my opinion. Yeah, where I Where there's a key thing that I find funny... Or at least interesting in each of these three phases. Yeah. And it goes to the point where it's not interesting anymore and then goes to the next phase of the movie. Right. It almost carries the pacing well in a way. (laughs) 
Like, yeah. I don't know if I would necessarily say that for sure, but I was never bored by this movie like I was with Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. Yeah, sure. Oddly enough. It's weird. Even though it is a terrible piece of shit. Garbage. But, uh, Flat garbage. So we're at we're at uh, this little, like, what, what do you want to call this place? It just looks like a little, like... she like a real estate agent? Yeah, I think she? that's what it looks like. She's some kind of, like, either real estate agent or, like, okay. uh, something like that. So this is Darla. What do yeah. you think of this character? She's weird as fuck. <laughs> it gets weirder, too. Yeah. But it's already weird at this point. Like, you, you could already tell. It kind of gives it away right from the beginning mm-hmm. that she's definitely a little little crazy. And and probably part of the psychos. Right. Uh, like, there's an incident where, like, someone drives by the little real estate place, and, and she's talking about, like, you know, just the bullshit She's she's very like I don't know I don't know a better way to say it slutty I guess <laughs> but like she plays it up uh, like she flashes these guys that drive by flashes her tits at them and that was really weird was not expecting that uh, I can't it's really hard to get a read on this character the entire film. As it yeah, as it descends more and more into complete and utter nonsense and madness, yeah, it just gets even more incomprehensible to get a read on this character. Uh, she seems friendly to the kids and on their side, but spoilers really isn't. But then spoilers kind of is, but then spoilers really isn't. And and. I don't know. It feels like I'm not sure, but that's because the movie feels like it's not sure. Yeah, that's a that's I think it's a big yeah. issue. Big, big issue. It's just it's so fucking weird, dude. Yeah, this um, whole movie is has a weird vibe to it. Yeah, especially with a lot of these side characters. Yeah. At, at the time I thought she was just gonna be a weirdo side character that like wasn't part of the psychos. Yeah. Because she almost kind of is. It's fucking weird. Yeah, that's true. Um, but like so far there hasn't been a female member of the the family. Yes, first time. Uh, there well, there's the mom in three but that's kind of different than what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, this is a, like, you know, like a mom. <laughs> As part of, like, somebody's weird aunt. As part of the psychos. Yeah. Uh, it was very strange to me. So, she calls, like, the towing service to go help them get their car out. And the towing service is, uh... When we meet the 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 boy, the McConaughey, <laughs> yeah, and he appears in this movie, and right off the bat, you know that oh, this is probably gonna be the best part of the movie, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> um, he goes up, and he's he he's just full on redneck mode <laughs> throughout yeah. this movie. Uh, his drawl really works for a, you know, like, hillbilly psychopath kind of character. I never thought about it in that way. Because usually he's playing more likable characters than this. I mean, he's played his fair share of psychopaths. But usually more likable than this. Because this is the complete 
fucking worst person ever, probably. Yeah. And he plays it up and honestly makes it really entertaining throughout the entire movie and his entire performance. He pulls up in his fucking stupid trucker hat with his stupid tow truck and uh, is like, he sees the passed out kid and the other nerdy stoner kid. Yeah. And he's like, oh, he looks dead. And he's like, he's not dead. And then he just goes down and snaps the kid's neck. And he's like, well, he's dead now. And then he chases that kid in his tow truck and then runs him over with the tow truck uh, for a long time while listening to just terrible music. Back and forth, too. Like, just keeps going back and forth. This uh, interesting introduction to Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's saying something, yeah. Yeah. I actually really like him in this movie, which is funny. Uh, he goes off the walls. Yeah. I kind of get the sense that they just let him do whatever the fuck he wanted at any time. I loved it. Um, <laughs> it's so funny. I, I can't really refer to it, if I'm being serious, as good acting. No, it's just funny as fuck. Yeah, it's kind of like that territory that like Nicolas Cage gets into yes. for me sometimes. Very where similar. Like, like, yeah, I respect Nicolas Cage a lot. He can be a really good actor. And he always gives 110%. But yes. then there's those movies like, I don't know, Deadfall. Not a lot of people have heard of Deadfall, but Deadfall is legendary. Yes. Please look up Nicolas Cage's performance in Deadfall. It is something. <laughs> uh, where he's, he, I don't, I can't really say he's doing good acting, but he gives it 110% and just goes the fuck in and doesn't give a shit and doesn't look back. That's the performance that McConaughey gives this movie. Uh, speaking of McConaughey, let's talk about how he got the part. <laughs> McConaughey originally auditions to play a small role as a motorcyclist that rescues Jenny at the end of the film, much like, you know, she, you know, final girl jumps into a truck at the end of Texas Chainsaw 1. That was kind of the idea. Bit part, not a huge role. Uh, eventually a role that gets cut from the final film entirely. Yeah. So, after the audition, Henkel asks McConaughey, hey, do you know anyone that could play the part of Vilmer in our script? Uh, and McConaughey's like, I don't know, and names a couple people from his acting class that he's friends with. Okay. And then goes to leave. And, uh, I watched this interview with McConaughey regarding all this shit talking okay. about this and he said he goes to his truck he opens the door and says like like remarks like you know this is a huge mistake don't miss out on this and then closes the door and goes right the fuck back in and says what if do you mind if I audition for Vilmer and then Kim Henkel's like well yeah sure and he says alright um, so he goes into the kitchen and grabs a spoon hands McConaughey the spoon and he looks over at the secretary that's not really paying attention to them. And he just hands her the spoon and says, scare the shit out of her. And that's all he said. <laughs> 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 and he just lets McConaughey go at it. And I assume McConaughey does a lot of the stuff that he does in this movie where he's like, you know, he's pretending the spoon's a knife. Maybe trying to do like the cutting himself and like trying to just like be like mean and rotten to her. Yeah. Uh, I feel bad for this secretary. I really do. Yeah, like, do. Well, she didn't do nothing, just, dude. Like, fuck you. Nah, he just sprung him on the secretary. Like, maybe she was expecting it by now. I'm sure this wasn't the first person to audition for Vilmer. But, uh... And and then the, the reason he really got it 
was Hankel in the middle of the audition yelled, pretend that your mechanical leg is malfunctioning. <laughs> and McConaughey was apparently so convincing that he got the part then and there. Huh. And uh, a star was born? Question mark. <laughs> Not from this shit, God. This is far from his breakout role. Yeah. Let's be honest. Uh, we'll kind of talk about that for both of our stars later because it comes into play for this movie, oddly enough. Yeah, when it because time. you know it 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 released twice. It's the Grover Cleveland of horror movies. <laughs> it, 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 had, it had two terms. <laughs> um, all right. Where are we at now after he kills this lad? After he kills two the lad, lads. Yeah, and he kills the two lads, yeah. Mm. You have uh, the rest of the gang. <laughs> yeah. Goes out to... Uh, they get separated. Yeah. So they they go out. I forget what what they go and do. It's going to look for somebody to tow their car. I, I I think so. Like um, they get separated, and uh, yeah. Renee Zellweger's character decides to walk back to the accident. Yeah, that's what it is. And then, and then the other two decide to go to this house to find somebody to give them a ride. The that's real estate agent lady, Darla, weirdo lady, said yeah. that like you know, oh don't bother that old man. He's liable to shoot you over at that house. But they go there anyway because these characters are stupid. <laughs> and they like, you know, they're yelling and he goes to the back and she like is trying to open the door. She, she, at one point she kicks the door and hurts her foot. Yeah. It was very funny. Dumbass. Dumbass. Um, and here's where Leatherface shows up. God, this is horrible. Yeah, you know, we've been kind of mentioning, like I wanted to keep track of like, you know, the leather faces because he's you know the big character the big face of the franchise and it's really been going straight downhill Damn. almost well i like the one in 3 more than the one in 2 so yeah. i'd say like 1 3 2 and then this one this one is not good not, not good close. at all not even close in to fact the i'm confident that this one will stay at the bottom for sure, because Leatherface sucks in this movie. Sucks so bad. It's it's a huge disappointment, really, too, because you at least expect him to do some crazy murders with his chainsaw. Fun fact, this movie's called Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and no Nobody. one gets massacred with a chainsaw. Nobody gets killed with no. a chainsaw. No, no not by person. a chainsaw. Not by a chainsaw. Uh, it's it's kind of stupid, isn't it, if you think about it? he He's really ineffective, and they give him this weird aspect that I'll talk about that I think is a weird choice that they shouldn't have made. If you'll remember in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1, we talked about this where Leatherface wears the makeup. Yeah. And then sits at the table and he's wearing the makeup. And this was kind of a reference to him being like the mom of the family. Doing the chores, doing the cleaning, taking care of the upkeep of the house. But it wasn't really explored more than that. But in this movie, uh, in this first scene, Leatherface is wearing like a, a normal Leatherface and like the long hair. Yeah. It's got like a fucking. Looks poofy, horrible. shitty mullet, kind of. Horrendous. Uh, 
he looks like a metal bassist. <laughs> it doesn't look like it doesn't look like he's actually like wearing like a face mask made out of human skin, which is the lore of Leatherface, right? Yeah. Instead, it looks like he's wearing a mask that they bought from Spirit Halloween. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look very good. He's also wearing like a camo sweater. <laughs> I get that we're in Texas, and I get that they're, you know, rednecks, but, like, what a not-threatening costume for your horror movie. Mom, I'm going hunting. <laughs> okay, but that's just his first costume. Later on in the movie, we get full-blown cross-dressing Leatherface. Yeah. Uh, complete with lipstick mm-hmm. and uh, titties, even. Yeah, like fake skin titties. Yeah, um... Okay, so, mm. <laughs> talking about this sucks. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it. No. It's not good. No. The implications of it are kind of not great. No. Uh, I realize this is a dated film. Yeah. And, and talking about, you know, characters that, you know, cross-dress and... Or maybe have gender identity issues in the 90s. Like, that. that's not really going to work out. It, it's just not going to happen. Because, you know... I, I think, uh... <laughs> unfortunately... Uh, we weren't as uh, advanced as we were in 2019 back then. No, not at all. Uh, and we were uh, more harsh to these issues back then. And uh, treated them more like a joke in movies. Yeah. And that sucks. I don't think it was... That really sucks. ...as bad in this movie. No, I was worried about it going in, though. Because a lot of the artwork for the film has, like, you know, a dolled-up version of Leatherface putting lipstick on and, they, like... They sort of did this in the first one, lately. I feel like it works in the first one just as a brief thing. Yeah. Uh, to just explore that he fills that motherly unit of the family. Uh, I get it. It's brief. It's not a full-blown weird thing. Yeah. That they have be part of this movie for no reason. Here's how they decided to explain this in quotes. Oh, boy. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Kim Hankel claims that it was intended for Leatherface to assume the personality of the face he wears. This is not explained at any point in this movie. There's a brief part where, like, they... Vilmer suggests that giving Leatherface Renee Zellweger's face will be his new face. Like, that's what they were going to do to her. But they don't really say that he'll assume the personality of her. Um, This is Hankel's quote. The confused sexuality of the Leatherface character is complex and horrifying at the same time. It's not complex because they don't talk about it. No. It's just really off-putting to me. It feels mean-spirited. It really does. I think it feels mean-spirited. It feels misinformed. Right. More I, like is that, that maybe more accurate? Yeah. I, I feel like, I mean, hey, maybe they meant well, but I doubt it. 
like highly doubt it. it it sucks it's it's the one aspect of this movie that i didn't find you know funny if they were going for it to be funny right i definitely don't find it to be funny not at all and it's just another aspect of leatherface's character that i didn't like in this one but the most dumb aspect of leatherface's character in this one is that he screams constantly and that's it and that's it not even a little like in the first one where he's like Bleh? none of that well even. that kind of makes sense right there's just <gasps> he screams more than the women he's chasing and murdering right it's fucking weird and it makes him seem not formidable and not an effective like rather, horror killer rather than do the chainsaw wiggle yeah, I would rather them do the chainsaw dance from two. Yeah, to be honest, absolutely. Uh, he's he's just sucks. <laughs> this Leatherface sucks. It's garbage. Filmer is the real like villain mastermind in this movie for sure. Like, if we could slot him in instead of Leatherface in our ranking of Leatherfaces, he'd be pretty high for me because Matthew McConaughey was really entertaining. But if we're talking about Leatherface. This is the worst one. This is the worst example of the character. This is the worst performance of the character. Played by a guy named uh, Robert Jacks. He would not return to future installments. He, he unfortunately passed away in 2001. Really young. But for whatever reason, I'm not going to blame him entirely. He was directed to do this by Hankel. I, I have a feeling the screaming thing... If Hankel is suggesting that Leatherface takes on the personality of the face he wears, his constant screaming would be probably the last thing he heard when he was killing them. Does that make sense? Yeah. It, it's it's lofty. Bad. It doesn't really work if that's the case. So but that's bad. what I think they were going for. But I can only assume. Because there's no real explanation for it in the movie itself. Uh, because that aspect of the movie sucks, just like every other aspect of the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, all that to say, Leatherface approaches dumb girl. Takes her forever to notice him, by the way. He's right behind her. He even touches her hair, and she just, like, swats at her hair and then doesn't look behind her. It's so bad. And then she starts being chased by Leatherface and attacked by Leatherface, and who throws her in a cooler. That's about it. And then, meanwhile, dumbass guy (laughs) uh, goes to the back, and we meet another psycho character. The worst member of this family. Uh, I prefer him to this version of Leatherface, but... You're right. This guy sucks. This is W.E., played by Joe Stevens. Uh, His gimmick is that he says quotes from, like, famous literature. Yeah. And that's it. That's his character. That's it. That's it. That's it. He's not a very good character. Um... There's nothing to say about him, really. He aims a gun at the dude and, like, threatens him. And I, I don't know. I don't remember how it works, but the dude, like, either distracts him or runs away. Do you remember exactly what happened? Because he gets inside the house. What happened? Yeah, he, he fucking, like, goofs on him. <laughs> yeah. He goes, like... 
Because he's doing this whole thing where he's like, oh, you better not shoot me. My dad's lawyer and you get in a lot of trouble. <laughs> the dude tells him to get in the house. He's like, okay. And then he just like slams the door on him and locks it. He's like, haha, fuck you. Got him, dude. Yeah. And he's like, I got to take a piss in your house anyway. And he goes to take a piss. <laughs> yep. And then he, so he walks into this room. This this house must smell like death. And No, he doesn't notice. Doesn't notice. He's an idiot. Too much of that douche energy. Yeah. And he, he walks to take the piss, and he turns around, and there's just a goop body in the in the tub. Yeah. And he's like, like, he's like oh, whoa, fuck. fuck. Goes to find her girlfriend, go find his girlfriend, gets attacked by Leatherface. And killed. Yep. Gets fucked. And then she gets put on a hook. Yeah. She's hooked. Yeah. Very creative. Never seen that before in I, 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 I've never, I've never seen the habit of a movie before, bud. No, not not particularly not recently in the same fucking franchise. No, no. no. <laughs> God, no! What the fuck would fucking do that? So, uh, right off the bat, you think Toby Hooper likes to hook people? <laughs> well, not really, but like, yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, we cut to our final girl. It's already time. Yep. Already. We've already eliminated all of the dummies. And we just have the final girl, and that's it. She gets picked up by Matthew McConaughey, who instantly starts going like, ha 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 ha, I'm a murderer, man. <laughs> like, look in the back. Just the, the two boys. He, like, that. literally grabs her head and makes her look in the back of the truck where there's, you know, her friend and the dude that they hit the fucking car. And she's like, I'm gonna get out now. Like, okay. And she fucking jumps out. She does. And then, oops, Leatherface. Then she runs away from Leatherface. Into the house. What? That's never happened. No, not into the house yet. Into the real estate agent lady's house, which is when we find out that she's working with them. Nope, not yet. You are moving a little far ahead. She does run into the house, just like in the first movie. Oh, she escapes from the house and jumps out the window. She jumps out the window onto the roof. Leatherface chases her onto the roof in what? In a weirdly similar scene to something from Halloween 4. Yeah, it looks very similar. Which came out before this. But worse. Definitely worse. Definitely worse. She climbs up on like a cable antenna thingy. And then, like... Yeah, I completely forgot about this. You're right. Yeah. And then fucking, like, jumps off of it onto some fucking, like, phone line. And then crawl... And then, like, shimmies up it to get away from Leatherface. Yeah, but then it snaps and... Well, because Leatherface cuts it. And then she fucking falls and then, like, would probably be dead, but then is not. And then runs to the real estate lady. Right. She's freaking the fuck out. And then the real estate lady, like, calm down, calm down. Uh-huh. He goes outside like, oh, there's nobody out here. Let me let me call somebody. Mm-hmm. Calls her guy, and oh, look, look, look here. It's, it's W E. Yep, it's W E. Fucking weird ass dummy psycho. She's like, I told you to bring a bag, and he's like, I. What do you think this is, bitch? And uh, they put her in a bag. So what do you think this is, bitch? That's Ralph Waldo Emerson. <laughs> <laughs> he should have quoted like dumb shit. To be or not to be. That's from To Kill a Mockingbird. Like, he should have got shit wrong. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been fun. Because he's like a hillbilly. Right. Psycho. Idiot. Uh, why is he smart? Because he isn't. Yeah, just memorizing like, things. Memorizing shit doesn't make you smart. No, not really. Um, it would have been funny if he said shit from popular culture instead of, like, Shakespeare and Hemingway and shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> Should have said some Star Wars quotes. 
Jurassic Park quotes. Uh, Jurassic Park wasn't out yet. No, it was. It was. It, it was. was. It was. Just barely. Yeah. This was probably getting made around the same time that Jurassic Park was getting made. Yeah, you're probably you know? right. Yeah. 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 A, a much higher production value film over there. Uh, what? Across the coast, I, I would have never fucking imagined, dude. Yeah. Anyway, this is a weird sequence of events we get here now. Yeah. It's fucking strange as shit, dude. Darla puts our final girl in the back of her trunk and says, I'll take her to the house, but I'm going to go pick up some pizza first for dinner. Give me pizza. Yeah. So she drives to the pizza place with Darla. No, sorry. Whatever her name is. Jessica. uh, Jenny. Jenny. In the trunk. It's a J. Uh, Drives to the pizza place. The drive-thru. Pizza man in the drive-thru can hear girls screaming. And he's like, what the fuck's going on there? And she's like, you want to see? She's dead. Big like, boy. There's a person in the trunk. Want to see? And he's like, he gets excited. I think he thinks it's some kinky shit. Yeah. And then he's just like, no, I, I, my, my boss will kill me. Never mind. Let me just get your soda, ma'am. And then there's cops behind them. And they don't notice. Like, she literally opens the trunk in front of the cops. And says, now you gotta shut up if I give... And she's like, okay, but I can't breathe inside the fucking bag. And she's like, if I give you some air holes, will you shut up? And she's like, okay. And she does. Which doesn't make any fucking sense. She should have screamed. Yeah. Because there's cops right there. But anyway. Cop comes up, and instead of, like, investigating, like, he didn't see it. And he just starts hitting on her instead. And she hits back on him, because that's, like, part of her whole character being yeah. aggressively sexual in every circumstance. Right. Uh, so, like, nothing happens with that. The cop just goes back. And then she brings the gets the pizza and the pop and brings it home. And that's it. That, that was a, such a bizarre sequence of events. It, it, it feels like a parody. It kind of is. Yeah, it's definitely. It's a comedic scene. The fact that the killer... Or, well, she doesn't really kill anybody, but the psychopath has a woman tied up in the back of her trunk and then goes through the drive through <laughs> Like, it's so ridiculous in concept. Yeah. Um, it it's, was kind of funny. The cops just drive back past her. Like, he's like, see ya. <laughs> Fuck and then, off. And then we get to the house, and that's where most of the movie happens. A cab. <laughs> Fucking useless pigs, let me tell you. Mm, Can't God even see the fucking body in the back of the trunk. Uh, Nothing going on there, man. What's going on? <laughs> Nothing going on there. We're fine. It's all good. <laughs> fucking kidding me? Well, she was white, and she had boobies, so... Oh, she had the boobies. Not a bad person. Not big, a bad person. Big boobies. Could not be a bad person, that cop said. He like, he like look at the trunk, like, oh, this just shit going on. Oh, big titty. And it just fucking fucks off. Basically, it summed up that scene, yes. Yeah. Then she comes back to the house. This bitch got pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she does. She drops the pizza down and is like, yay. Yay, pizza. <sighs> McConaughey in there. Mm-hmm. Like, he being moody as fuck. Like, I, I thought you charged my remotes. Which, you don't charge Yeah, he has like 19 right? remote controls that control his robot leg. Yeah. Which he has for some reason. They were explain why. Nah. Fuck it. 
He had a robot leg. I don't care. Someone stabbed him in a leg. leg yeah, sure, whatever. Work. Has a robot leg. Whatever, yeah, fine. I don't care. It was funny. Yeah, whatever. Like that he has a robot leg. Anyway, the family's all here, and they start, you know, fucking with the girl in multiple ways. Uh, McConaughey plays it up and is just a complete hams. psycho. Just hams it uh, up. He basically just beats the shit out of everybody else in this house all the time, too. For a while. For a while. Like, yeah. Like, our final girl is not the only victim here. Like, Vilmer is just a dickhead to everyone. On a whim, too. Like, because sometimes he's on their side, and sometimes he's laughing along with everybody. But sometimes he's just like, shut up, bitch, and backhands Darla, and hits W.E., and, like, hits Leatherface for sure. Leatherface getting shocked the shit out of with the cattle prod thing. Yeah. Uh... You know, it's kind of cranking it up to 11, the fact that the cook had, like, a stick and was hit, hitting the hitchhiker and Leatherface with it. Cranking it up to 11. Because, yeah. like, at least you could kind of understand what the cook was angry about. He was angry that the hitchhiker left his brother alone, and he was angry that Leatherface fucked up the door, which they kind of reference that. Yeah, they here. do. Uh, you know... It's the cycle of abuse that he hits them and, you know, probably leads them to be even more psychopathic than they could have been in the first movie. But it makes sense within the logic of the events that happen in the film. This, there is no logic, there is no consistency to the character of Vilmer. Matthew McConaughey's character is just off the walls, completely psycho, never does what you think he's going to do. All the time. Yeah. To the point where it is distracting. <laughs> like, but it is entertaining because McConaughey's performance is so off the rails that you can't help but be entertained. This entire, I'm trying to like compile what, into words how I feel about this entire section of the movie. It's, it's it not like, just keeps going. it's not that funny. It's not too disturbing. Like, it's just kind of like... It isn't, it isn't, but it never reaches any level of, like, the first one had. Right, so it doesn't, like, go really anywhere. It has a weird vibe to it, Yeah, right? it's very strange. Like, on top of, you know, you got Vilmer being all over the place. Yeah. And, like, sometimes threatening her, but then sometimes, like, threatening the other people. And sometimes being, like, a weirdo. Sometimes injuring himself, even. Yeah. Cuts himself and shit. And then you got Darla, who kind of, like is going like, oh, he's not that bad, honey. And like, you know. Trying to be sympathetic towards her, too. towards her, but then like she literally took her to this place. And Meanwhile, we got the other girl ran away. Jumped off the meat hook, apparently. Didn't see that, but apparently that happened. A lot of stuff happens off screen in this movie. She collapses. I think uh, Darla finds her on the way there. Yeah. Kind of like gently hits her with a stick. It was really awkward. Don't know why that happened. He shows that she's incapable of, like, hurting anybody, actually. Kind of like the cook from the first yeah, one. Yeah. But, like, not the one in power here. Uh, and then just says, like, you know, I'll stop hitting you. I'll leave you alone. And then drives away. But then tells the other people to go get her, and they do. Yeah, because she doesn't want to do it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, uh, there's, this just leads to a lot of nonsense bullshit scenes that just keep happening. Yeah. Uh, you can kind of sum them up all, like, real quick. You know, <coughs> it's not really anything significant happens until our next character enters the movie. 
Yeah. It's just a lot of nonsense scenes. Of, you, get, you get a little dumb rehash of some similar to like the, oh, the, the famous dinner table scene in every Texas Chainsaw movie. They have other dead people there. Yep. Yeah. Including a grandpa-looking man. Who, by the way, at one point, gets up and grabs a knife uh-huh. and starts walking. Uh-huh. And then you don't see him again. No, you never see him again after that point. That was kind of weird. Didn't make any sense. No, it didn't. It made literally no sense. It feels like they should have edited that out, but forgot. Right. Maybe it was a portion of the film that they left in that, like, you know, got eliminated at some stage of production. I don't know. Nothing happened as a result of it, but, you know, we just get a billion scenes of Vilmer torturing her in various ways. Uh, You know, give me one reason I shouldn't just gut you right here, right now, blah, 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 and stuff like that. Yeah. You know. Uh, then, makes out with Darla for a bit, who, like, is aggressively sexual again, and, like, is in a relationship with Vilmer, but, like, the vibe of it is weird. Like, she says, like, weird shit, like, you know, sometimes I just want to leave this shit and go back to my husband. And shit like that. <laughs> like, is this somebody who just like? like it seems like gets they a kick out of being part of this group. Yeah, but isn't a part of this group. That's kind of what I think it is. That's bizarre. She's bizarre. That's really bizarre. She's really fucking bizarre. That's why. That's why it's like that. I have a theory about her, but we'll get to it once we get to the end of the film. Yeah, sure. Let's get to a uh, guy showing up. Yeah, so somebody pulls in, and they're like, oh, shit. I, earlier in the movie, there's a reference to Vilmer having like a, a boss, yeah. a superior, and kind of just wrote it off as psychopathic nonsense words earlier in the movie, because they talk about all kinds of shit, like, who you think really killed Kennedy, and like, yeah. shit like that, and the FBI, you don't think the FBI is monitoring this house? Bullshit. Yeah. Just felt like psychobabble, but right. then... A man in a black suit shows up and appears to be in charge. Yep. What's going on here, Jusby? It's Illuminati. (laughs) (laughs) It's the Illuminati. Jusby got up in T-pose, and I'm not sure why. (laughs) What are you doing? It's the Illuminati. <laughs> yeah, I, I got you. Why? <laughs> well, well, okay. Before we get into the the somewhat of an explanation, but not an entire explanation from the makers of this film. Sure. What does this guy do? What does this guy say? He walks what in. What is this guy's role? He walks in and he's like, man, this is a fucking disaster. And like, tries to put Vilmer in his place. Um, he's like, I, just, I want you to strike fear into this girl. And then like, fucking opens up his fucking shirt and he's got like, weird like, nipple rings on his chest with like some fucking shit bulging out of it. I had no idea what I was looking at. He was on screen for like five seconds so you couldn't even tell what it is. Then he just starts licking her face and shit. A lot. It's really fucking... An uncomfortable amount. Yeah, it's really fucking uncomfortable. And then he like fucking just gets mad and then walks out. Was this after she shifted the power dynamic for a minute? Yeah. That scene is kind of worth talking about a little bit. When she gets the shotgun? 
Yeah, is that after? That's before. That's before? She gets the shotgun and, like, tries to take control of the situation. And at no point does she actually have control of the no, situation. But we get some, doesn't give a fuck because he knows it's not loaded. gifable moments from Matthew McConaughey. This is some of his best stuff in the film. Uh, he grabs the shotgun and, like, jerks it off in his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> It's fucking weird. While screaming. And then he does this thing where he's, like, slapping his head with his, like, uh, the his palm yeah. a lot and going, like, uh, uh, <laughs> boo! He, like, he, he raises the gun over his head and, like, moves it up and down. He's just a complete fucking insane person in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, she and uh, Jenny gets out and tries to drive away and then just instantly crashes. And they bring her back. And then yeah. that's dinner scene. And, the dinner and scene then government man shows up. Right. Or whatever. Government? That is. No, I don't think he's a government man. I, I questioned it. I don't know if it's a government man, but he has the vibe of like a man in black. Right. Uh, and he has like a limo, black limo. And he has like a limo driver. And then yeah. they kind of just say, like, you know, do what you're supposed to fucking do, Vilmer. You fuck up and then leave. And, like, the vibe while they're there is very strange because everyone is intimidated by this man. Yeah. Even though it's just a, just, just, just a guy. Just a guy. Oh, they also uh, bring Jenny's friend back. Well, I don't ever forget her name. Yeah. They find her, bring her back into the room, and they start fucking with her, too. Then after, uh, after fucking Illuminati man leaves... <laughs> Uh, Vilmer just fucking straight up crushes this girl's head with his foot. Well, they light her on fire first. Yeah, that's right. They light her on and fire first. And then they crush her skull. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> Dude, that, that was the only, that was, I think, the only kill in this entire movie that was kind of unsettling to me. Yeah, I think so. Because you just, you just, you just. The sound design in that instant was right. actually was good. The close up of McConaughey's face, just like satisfyingly putting more pressure on. With his leg, and then you hear the the skull starting to crack, and then it breaks. Yeah, it's grisly. Yeah, it's, you're like, ugh. Yeah. It's but the only then, time. Uh, you know. Then. Renee Zellweger's had enough. <laughs> yeah, now she's like, she's fuck like, this. fuck this. And leaves. Yeah. After telling everyone they suck ass, including Leatherface. She says, shut the fuck up and sit down, and he does. <laughs> she's just sick of it. I don't, I don't blame her one bit. It's a bunch of stupid bullshit. Uh, you know, it's kind of like your reaction to the movie a bit. Yeah. Is it designed to be like that? I uh, doubt Is it. Is this movie meta? No, it's not that meta. It's not that Okay, smart. but like, we'll get to it after we're done talking about the it, movie. This movie's not that smart, dude. It isn't? I'm it's not, not saying it succeeds, but there's elements. Yeah, it's we'll get not to that it. smart. It's not that smart. So, she gets up and leaves, uh, Leatherface... Goes after her. Yeah. Leatherface goes after her. And, uh... It's hard to really remember the sequence of events of this yeah. part of the movie. Yeah, right. She runs away. Yeah. She runs away. Leatherface gets after her. And... You finally get, like, another chainsaw chasey chase scene. But an RV pulls up with an old couple in it. Yeah. And she, uh, gets into the RV. It's daytime now, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And then Vilmer and Leatherface are on their tail. Mm-hmm. Um... They crash into the RV and tip it, and all the while they kind of, kind of do like a quick cut over to like a plane flying around. Why is there a plane? I don't know. It's just a guy flying around. Okay. I guess I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. So 
she's on like the top of the turn Winnipeg, the turn RV. I think the old couple might be dead or something. Because you'll see They're them again. Probably dead. I feel bad for them. Yeah, they, they didn't do anything. They nice. just tried to help. They're just out in the country on vacation in right. Winnebago. Yep. <laughs> I wonder if it was the Winnebago that they, you know, used as a makeup station. And I'm sure. <laughs> they probably filmed the scene last. Like, all right, let's tip it. <laughs> Fuck it. I bought this Winnebago. I'm going to destroy this Winnebago. <laughs> God. So then she jumps out, she manages to jump out of the top of the Winnebago, and you have the two of them chasing after her. The plane comes down and runs its blades straight into Vilmer. He dead. He dead. Fucked. Yep. And then she gets away from Leatherface. I think the the limo pulls up, right? Is that what happens? Yeah, she gets in the limo. She yeah. didn't know those guys came via limo, but we did. Earlier, the moon pulls up. She black. just gets in, and she's like, "Oh fuck, okay, I can get in." And then, then Leatherface like, goes oh, in a frenzy. Fuck. Yeah, Leatherface just freaks out at the sight of the limo. He's deathly scared of it. Right. Um. And she gets in, and she's horrified at first. But and they he, say, "Do you want to go to the hospital? Do you, do you want to go to the police station?" Like he apologizes for the whole thing. He's like, "It was a complete, you know, my bad." <laughs> like this was a complete failure of a thing uh so we're just gonna scrap the whole thing it's kind of the vibe he, he yeah. says and, and like it's really confusing what the thing was in the first place what was the thing apparently from what he was saying he's trying to scare somebody into getting a euphoric feeling yeah I guess he said like kill all their friends y- yeah well that would scare you but you also actually killed all their friends. So, uh... Let's talk about this character real quick. Uh, yeah, go ahead. What the fuck is it? This weird twist with a secret society. This character's name is Rothman. Okay. Kim Hankel has stated that this was inspired by theories involving, as you stated, the Illuminati. <laughs> Hankel on the character... Here's his quote. He comes off more like the leader of some harem-scarum cult that makes a practice of bringing victims to experience horror on the pretext that it produces some sort of transcendent experience. Of course, it does produce a transcendent experience. Death is like that, but no good comes of it. You're tortured and tormented and get the crap scared out of you and then you die. And that's all that the makers of the movie have to say on this subject. I'm confused. Yeah. I don't know what his role is in this movie. This is the worst subplot. This is the three phases of this movie. Brad, douchebag guy. Entertaining. Yeah, most enjoyable part of the movie, honestly. Second, Vilmer-dominated chunk of the movie. Entertaining. Matthew McConaughey off the rails. Yeah. Third chunk of the movie... Whatever the fuck this is, which is confusing and weird, and I don't know what they were going for, and I don't understand it. It's bad. This whole last last arc of the movie is shit. It's still entertaining, in my opinion. Uh, it is barely. the worst of the three aspects of this movie. I really don't like anything to do with this guy. I don't like it either. But I was... Wondering what the fuck was going on and paying attention to the movie. 
Not saying it's good. No, it's not. But I'm saying it's better than Texas Chainsaw 3. Yeah, sure. Take that, boring movie. Yep. Now, it's incomprehensible, so you can argue one way or the other, right. I suppose. It's not much better than 3. No. So the movie uh, ends, the final scene here. She talks to the police, and they're like, oh, look at this shit, or whatever. It kind of insinuates he's in, in the guy's pocket, maybe. Maybe. Uh, we get some cameos here. Yes. This is Madeline Burns. Marilyn yep. Burns as yep. Sally. Uh, she's comatose. She's wheeled away. Uh, the guy that wheels her away, I believe, is... I don't have his name in front of me, but the guy who played the grandpa in the first movie. Oh, okay. Uh, and then the guy interviewing Renee Zellweger... <laughs> Is uh, Franklin from the first movie? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So it's you know it's cool after all this time that these characters got to reappear in a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. It's a shame that it's this one. Yeah. And it's a shame that it's not really a big role. It's just kind of like a, you know, unless you're like you know you know what these people look like now and you know what you're looking at, you wouldn't know that this was a cameo. You wouldn't know this was a reference to the first one. Didn't even credit them. Girl was credited as anonymous. And that's bullshit. And it, it seemed Unless like she a, requested that. That's bullshit. Her getting wheeled out, like, in the, and then like that's where the movie ends on. Yeah. Besides, like a quick cut over to Leatherface, which is still screaming to try to mirror the end of the first one or something. Well, that still happens though. He still fucking dances with the chainsaw. Yeah, just mirroring the end of the first, but like making a lot less sense. Mm-hmm. And. It feels like they were trying to set up for maybe a sequel. I don't get it. You know, it was possible, but, you know, this movie didn't do well. Let's be honest, it wasn't getting a sequel. Yeah, go ahead and pull up those stats for us, buddy. Had the movie, this movie released twice, is what you said at the beginning. The first time, if I remember correctly, was a film festival? South by Southwest in 1985. Oh, shit, yeah. As Return festival. of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. By the way, Joe Bob Briggs who I love to death, but he said this about the movie, and I disagree. Yeah, go for it. Uh, He declared it. A flick so terrifying and brilliant that it makes the other two Chainsaw sequels seem like after-school specials. Yeah, it's stupid. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you. This This is not a good movie. Uh, but it's entertaining. Yeah, absolutely it's, entertaining. I think it's good in a bad movie kind of way. It's one of those. Yeah, it is. It's not a boring bad movie. It's a bad movie that I would recommend in a weird way because bearing witness to some of the stupidity on display here is quite fun. Yeah, it is. Uh, I'll give you that. But anyway, the film was purchased outright after South by Southwest because apparently the early buzz was good. Joe Bob Briggs wasn't the only person that liked it. Uh, but that does confuse me, and we'll get to that in a second. Uh, Columbia Pictures purchases it for $1.3 million. $1.3 million. Remember the numbers here, kids. Yeah, it's important. Uh, Columbia agreed to spend at least 500000 on advertising. So we're $1.8 million that they've spent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then if you factor in the budget of the movie, too. 600000 So we're like at whatever. It wasn't spent by Columbia, though. No, it wasn't. But we're talking overall what was spent to make the movie come out. Okay. Sure. sure. It's a lot of money. 
The movie was released as Return of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but only to 27 theaters. Not districts. Theaters. Yeah. Grossing only about $44,000. Yep. It was always, you know... It just had a limited release, and then Columbia gets it. And I think their plan is to have it have a bigger, wider release in the future. Yeah. After this limited release. But then they pull it, and then they have a plan to make that money. And here's their plan. Shelving the film and re-releasing an edited-down version in 1997. Why is this significant, you may ask? Because of two movies that came out while production uh, was, well, after production was done on Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4. And those two movies are Jerry Maguire and A Time to Kill. (laughs) Reason being, Jerry Maguire stars Renee Zellweger. A Time to Kill stars Matthew McConaughey. (sighs) And these are movies that catapult these two actors to stardom. Yes. So, this is Columbia Pictures' plan. Re-release the movie, focus heavily on the fact that Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger are in it. Question mark, question mark, question mark. Profit. Profit. <laughs> and oh boy, did that last part not happen. Ready? <laughs> no, and it, it very nearly didn't make any other money because uh, McConaughey's agent tried Piss. to pressure Columbia to not re-release the film. I think this was more of the, a decision on the agent's part because McConaughey has spoken, you know, not highly, but like, you know, it was, it's an experience that he doesn't poo-poo. You know, right. like he, he was, he talked fondly about that audition and playing this fucking insane hillbilly character. Yeah, it seemed like it was and, fun. And Renee Zellweger did a similar thing, but I, apparently both their agents were kind of like, nah, get this fucking movie out of here. It's going to make it seem like these... That our clients are stupid <laughs> and are in schlock. Look, everybody's got to start somewhere. Yeah. I, I don't fault anyone for appearing in this movie or any of the others. This is a job. Horror movies need actors. Yeah. It happens. Whatever. Yeah, fine. And and if it's a good horror movie, you can sometimes get a really good performance and, and then to see it get ignored at the Oscars like uh, Tony Collette in Hereditary. Yeah! Fuck. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Now, the re-release under its new title of Texas Chainsaw Massacre The Next Generation. Horrible name. Does happen in 1997 anyway, despite any agent's protests. And it's a wide release. But it only grosses about 185000 and that includes what it grossed in 1995. Oh, that's the total. The total profit of this film is that. Ouch. That's not even the budget, which was low already. Not even the marketing budget. Yeah. <laughs> they even covered, Columbia didn't even cover their marketing on this one. Uh, it seems obvious now, but this is the lowest grossing film in the entire franchise and failed to make back even Columbia's investment. Or even its budget. Uh, And on top of that, the movie was harshly reviewed upon the re-release. It's got a 14% on Rotten Tomatoes. The lowest of, I think, any of these movies. Yeah. And 
it's, you know, on the bottom list of IMDb films. Number 50 out of all the movies in the world. Don't think it's that bad, honestly. I don't think it's that bad. I, I, I honestly think 3 is worse even it, talking I agree. about it. Because 3 is probably more competently made. 3 is definitely more competently made. It's more competently made, but, but it's, it's also... more coherent. Yeah, but it's also, like, boring as fuck. Yeah, with with the exception of a couple fun moments, three is boring for the majority of its runtime. Yeah, this one was entertaining the entire time. Yep, in a stupid way, but boy oh boy! Now let's talk about how it's actually a masterpiece. All right, I'm gonna jump ship on this one, Bob. <laughs> you go right ahead. Look, all right, no, let's talk about it. Maybe I'll make your case. This isn't my opinion. But I want to talk about it, because it's interesting to talk about. This is from Justin Yandel of the website Bloody Disgusting. He sees the film as a cynical parody of the original and says the following. Leatherface, once efficient, methodical, and near silent, now struggles to competently capture or kill his victims, all the while screaming like a petulant child. The family no longer backwater cannibals, dines on pizza instead of the fresh meat of their victims. I don't know if you noticed, but they do not eat people in they this movie. They do not, movie. nope. The dinner sequence, originally one of the most effective and horrifying scenes ever committed to film, goes so far off the rails it climaxes with Jenny turning the tables on her captors and scolding Leatherface into sitting down and shutting up. The ineffectiveness of it all is intentional. And we know this because a man in a limo pulls up and openly acknowledges it. End quote. Uh, what he's getting at here is fascinating. And the more you think about it, the more I tend to not wholeheartedly agree, but agree. And, and what I mean by that is... Sure, maybe they were going for this, but the success rate is low. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there's a lot of interesting meta shit in this movie to me. <sighs> Let's think about it in terms of horror movies in general. You got Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1. It's a fucking hit. It's a legendary movie. It's one. Of, it's my favorite horror movie of all time. Yeah. It's great, and it's truly, actually terrifying. It's effective with its horror. Then you got, uh, like, two decades of garbage. Now, I'm not saying every horror movie that came out after Texas Chainsaw Massacre is bad. Well, yeah. But certainly the genre begins <coughs> and then just kind of becomes horseshit. Yeah. For the majority of it. I love horror movies and I love schlock. There's a lot of good fun shit to watch. Your Friday the 13th. Some of your Halloween sequels even. Uh, and then some creative weird bullshit in the 80s for sure. But on average, if you're watching a horror movie at all, chances are it's bad. Yeah. Because it's designed to appeal to the lowest common denominator. You know, some people just like horror in general. It's fine, let's put it on. And these the movies can kind of feel like color by numbers, you know? 
plop in this character here, plop in this character here, plop in this character here, kill a person at this timestamp, kill a person at this timestamp, you got yourself a film. Boom. Cut print. Put it out. And this movie feels like that for the majority of it. And then a guy in a suit shows up and goes, no, 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 this sucks. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh, like, it's it's really weird. I wish it worked better because it's really interesting, actually. Yeah. It's It's like intentionally pointing out that horror movies suck now by Kim Hankel. That's what I think. I genuinely think that. But it doesn't do a very good job of it. No. It, it's kind of like reminds me of like this this is the example I'll go with, I guess. I don't know how You know how like the Deadpool game? You remember the Deadpool game? Yep. Deadpool game does a lot of parodies of video game tropes like, "Oh man, it's a sewer level. That'll be boring. I'm sure I'll fall down a slide of water at some point." "Oh man, a tailing mission." Just like in all those fucking games that make you do a tailing mission, that'll be boring. But then, just by pointing it out doesn't mean that you don't have to fucking do those things still. Yeah. Like, it's pointing out that this sucks, and then it makes you do that anyway. That's this movie. Mm -hmm. It's like, doesn't this suck, but then it makes you watch that for like an hour? (laughs) (laughs) Like... But there's lots of little things that I am interested in as aspects of the movie. Um, If we go with man in suits are higher-ups at a horror company. Yeah, sure. And they're trying to make a good horror movie. And, you know, every one they plop in, you know, they sound like they're artsy, fartsy. You know what I mean? Like, horror is supposed to be a transcendent experience. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then they see the the fuck... Like, they're expecting to get hereditary, and then they walk in, and it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the next generation. (laughs) And they're like, what the fuck is this nonsense? But, you know, they're, you know, they're like, you know, just do your job. Make a good movie, damn it. You know, you're supposed to make these people feel true terror and all you're doing is fucking going and yelling like a fucking idiot Matthew (laughs) come on guys suck out here that's kind of their role in this movie yeah um so if we look at it like that and they're executives I kind of like it but I it just doesn't really succeed enough no it doesn't execute that in a way this is the same problem that Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 has. Yep. It tries to be a bit of a commentary on itself. And then the way fails. Toby Hooper went about that was let's take this concept and make it a black comedy. Because if you really think about it, this concept, even though it worked and everybody was scared by it, is ridiculous. Let's kind of have fun with it. And the way Kim Hankel went about it was this. Horror movies are ridiculous. They are, but I feel like there's such a way to make them good while retaining that ridiculousness. Some of my favorite horror movies are stupid as shit, but I love them so much. Yeah. Like, I I keep talking about Reanimator. The Reanimator is a perfect example. That's for sure. Yeah. Reanimator goes so far off the rails so quickly 
and then just continues to up the ante. I fucking love and that it's movie. It's not really a scary movie. It's disturbing at times for sure, but yeah, like, but it's like it's really goofy. Yeah, that's the big thing, and I love it. Embracing the goofiness should work in this movie's favor, and and sometimes it does. But oftentimes, some of their decisions are just not all there. Yeah. You know, like, the, the the decisions with Leatherface and this weird group that appears at the end doesn't really work for the metaphor they want it to be, if that is what they were intending. I think it makes too much sense for it to not be what they were intending. But be that as it may. Yeah, I don't know. Where, it is probably an obvious question, where do you rank it? Below two, above three? Yep. So now we're not going in order anymore. That's interesting. And One, I'm two, really four, three. I'm curious what happens after this, because, like... Are we in remake territory now? We're about to be in... Well, we've always been in remake territory, to be no, quite honest. No, but this honest. is, like, remake, remake territory. It's not, like, sequel the territory. The next one is called Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's a remake, remake. After that, we get a prequel to the remake, and then we get an official sequel to the original... And then a prequel to the original. And that's all one timeline. Hooray, a timeline. That hasn't happened yet. Oh, boy. Uh, You know, I feel like we're going to get into the kind of horror that I don't like with these couple of movies. Because I I feel like I did just talk shit about it, but I love horror. Yeah, it's going to be gore porn time. one of my favorite genres, but... You know, you gotta find that diamond in the rough. Yep, you know it's, it's gore porn time, baby. <laughs> yeah, but it's about to be gore porn time, and that's the kind of shit I hate. Like Rob uh, Zombie shit. You know. Well, it depends on how you do it, you know. I, I, I would hesitate to call any of these movies gore porn so far. Because they're know, actually they really, rather tame. They really have been rather tame compared to stuff like your Rob Zombie movies. But we're about to be in the new millennium. And that's where horror films kind of drift towards this, because, you know, Saw happens. Yep, and Saw makes everybody ultra successful. Rob Zombie happens, and he gets massive success with it. Uh, what else? Hostel, I guess. You know, yeah. uh, movies that prove to be rather successful with their uh, torture porn. And so I, I, I just assume that's where this franchise will go, and probably not stray from yeah. the next four movies. Yeah, and maybe there'll be interesting elements. Maybe there won't be. I don't know. No, I'm gonna hate it. <laughs> We're probably gonna hate it. Well, we'll see some interesting faces, though. No pun intended. Hopefully it's better than this in three. That's all I can say. Doubt it. Yeah, me too. Any last words on this extremely long episode? Uh... Oh, 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 oh. That's all I gotta say. That's it.